I need to point this this way because I'm gonna be facing you anyway. What am I doing? Like pointing it that way. Like we're gonna stare at that rectangle over there instead of each other. That's good for conversation. What? Whereas like staring at a rectangle instead of each other. Like this is this is why this podcast is better half the time. It's just because we're in a room. Yeah. As opposed to all the online podcasts that I've done and other people have done, where it's just like shit's lost in the process. You can't see each other, so you tend no. to just ignore each other. It's why couch co-op uh, let's plays are so fun. Yeah. Like it's so great to like when we had when we had Joe to just all group up for like overcooked and shit like that. Yeah, it's which, really fun to be able to just uh, like sit together and run off of each other's reactions and enjoyment. Yeah, which I was de- I was declined. I was rejected. I forgot that feature exists. Okay. Because because like for those who don't know the YouTubers and stuff like that are so widespread now that like you there's like websites just for like matchmaking the giving out of keys to YouTubers and shit yeah. like that basically. Because that is such a whole thing, uh, and I, I've you always generally it's like you get approved or you don't get approved or people you didn't even ask uh, send you something and you can choose to accept it. Yeah. Or and as long as you don't accept it, like the key can still get claimed by other people or whatever. Like there's like a pool. Uh, I, I requested Overcooked too and got rejected. <laughs> I don't know why. And I look at I look at the Over Overcooked two page where the request button used to be or the request pending button used to be. It just says rejected. <laughs> And I didn't know that was on the site. <laughs> like, it's a whole feature I'm learning about. Because Overcooked 2 was like, that guy fucked that guy. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, why would they deny you given that we... Not only did we play it, we did a third, a three-player co-op. We have fun. We, we beat the entire game. Yay! We didn't just do, like, a quick, oh, look, we Overcooked, played it. Because Overcooked is really fun. It was fun. And then they're just like, no, fuck you, yeah. specifically. So I guess I'll be paying for over- Overcooked, as it turns out. If we ever can even get a group of people to play yeah. with. I feel like I wouldn't want to play with just two people. Yeah, I don't but like the new one's online. Okay. Finger guns. But all of my friends besides you uh, tend to get irritated and frustrated very quickly by games that are actually hard and require coordination. And uh, I don't know how that would go. Well, we've got one local person we can probably wrangle. Yeah. We can just go grab Billy. We'll just have to get Joe from Japan. He'll play Japanese Overcooked, where it has a different, slightly different skin and all the language is different, but he can still matchmake with us. And he'll just I don't think that's how it works. And he'll just shout things at us in Japanese the entire time. <laughs> I don't I definitely don't think that how that's how it will work. How much how much does he speak Japanese? He because he teaches Japanese students English. Yes. But that's a whole thing that's confusing in its own right. Well, so he he teaches uh English. Does, don't you just speak English in Japanese, he, basically? I mean in ja- in I mean in English classes? Yes. He only speaks English. He's yeah. not allowed to speak Japanese. Exactly. Which means so, which like do you even need to know Japanese? To, yes. Teach to English? some capacity. I wonder. I mean, you need to know Japanese to exist would, in a country where yes. the default language is oh, Japanese. He, I, he was definitely cramming for a while there. Yeah. Well, he needed to cram to learn how to read because reading is far more important than speaking. Because you can mm. usually get away with English when speaking in a country because English is the dominant language. Deal with it. Every other language isn't great. And so most countries support English as like a secondary default language. But reading does, you know, like no one's going to build signs in English. No one's going to change their entire country's landscape to have English everywhere. So being able to read, hey, where's is is that shop a ramen shop or is it a chiropractor? I'll never know. Like, <laughs> you know, it's kind of helpful to be able to read like ramen. OK, that one doesn't say that. Probably not a ramen shop. Like <laughs> that's the one word I needed to know to survive in Japan. I did it. You make you make you mock English say that. But that's literally the only word Kel learned before we went on our trip to Japan. Was that was, you, ramen. was ramen. 
I assume he learned more when he moved there. Well, he no, he like is taking classes to yeah. learn Japanese. He showed I'm, me. I'm actually a little jealous of how people learn English in Japan, where they just set you loose with somebody that speaks that language, and you just have to figure it out for a while <laughs> and like and just learn it that way. Yeah. Whereas in in America, we are we're given an English speaking teacher who happens to know said language. Yeah. And they're in fact they're basically never even from the country or culture. They're almost always just somebody who also learned in America how to speak that language. Yes. Basically. It's usually uh it's like advice. My German teacher was very much not German. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, I don't I don't know how Germans look by default, but I imagine they don't look like him. <laughs> like he does not uh he does not exude German. He's clearly from a different continent he's, than Germans. He's clearly from a more uh Pacific <laughs> continent, not uh <laughs> definitely not mainland Europe. It's not where his homeland is. Um I but in you know, in the uh in the twist of fate, then we had an English teacher who was of French descent. Oh yeah, there were actually a decent number of English teachers in our school in our school which is different from other people's english teachers because they're not teaching us english like not tradition like they're not teaching us how to speak english yeah they're teach. they're just incur they're just furthering our awareness of how to like read and write they're and teaching us grammar for more than english and or, to an extent english teachers teach you how to think kind of and how to formulate concepts and thoughts yeah and that's express true. yourself i guess it depends on the teacher you get some teachers are not it's as... A, it's a combination of... of uh, it's a, a combination of science and English teaches you how to think in school. Yeah. Because you, si you learn about the scientific method and you also learn how to form arguments. And between those two things, that's how you actually build the forming blocks of how you express yourself. And nothing shows that more than talking to somebody who's not really along the way yet through that process. Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. really early on in school. Talking and they, and they, yeah. they hop on Discord and you're like, oh... Oh, you're like not developed yet. Yeah. And like we can't kind of can have a conversation in some ways. Yeah, it's uh so there's like a whole spectrum between like where we are and like when you have like a four year old that's like trying to tell like a story. Yeah. When they make up a story and it's like it it's like every sentence is from a different universe and everything like that. And, yeah. that, and like it doesn't whole... it doesn't flow together in yeah. any coherent capacity because mm -hmm. they can't. They literally cannot fathom how to like how to create a sentence that and way they haven't learned like why people tell stories yet even yeah like that or what that what they, the goal should even be or it's, where to go with it children are so like they just say words children are i would say the, the the creators of the telephone game because they are they are something you can tell them anything and it will be warped into something magical by the end of it like if the moment that that child goes and tells another child that story, it's completely mm -hmm. never even remotely close to what you told them because they don't have the ability to retell a story that way. They can memorize how to tell it, but they can't yeah. tell it like they can't tell that story because they don't understand how you built it. They don't understand the I don't know. No, science is science. School is very important, but it's also like a waste of time. Speaking of storytelling capacity. boons or curses and whatnot. OK, like I've got the ongoing D&D &D thing. Yeah. Which is like collaborative storytelling. And I've had like just like a magical moment with that. Oh, it's so like spoilers for our D&D &D thing, although it aired yesterday timeline wise, because this will come out on Thursday. So catch up on D&D &D real quick or not. Or if you're like, most of my audience, you probably have not been watching D&D. And it's a giant, terrifying total amount of time to invest. And they're like, eh, no. And maybe this will be the spoiler that, that like, 
gets you know like people hear like a game of thrones spoiler and suddenly they want to watch game of thrones and they've never, they never done it no but go uh, I, I can imagine you know, that just concept of like yeah. somebody i get the concept somebody that just hears never... about a crazy thing happening yeah. further on in the story and they're like all right now i, I kind of want to start this I, I just met like a spoiler in game of thrones would never compel me to watch no. it <laughs> well that's because you've already watched it it's no like, it's i, a, I, like I watched 22. the first season and yeah. that the spoiler of the end of first season is what made me not want to watch it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like, Whereas that's that's actually the spoiler that gets many people to watch it is to hear about that thing. Why? That's the best. Okay, it's <laughs> well, the best character, but yeah, I know. Uh, also, this is like some people will either be mad at me or psyched that I did this, but I I snuck the also spoilers for the last jedi <laughs> i snuck the leia scene into the into the dnt campaign the her flying through space <laughs> okay i specifically crafted a, a, a sequence where i would be that character more or less waking up inside of an exploded ship inside of a force bubble and flying to a hatch to then pass out for a while and recover later and all that like note for note but I, I sprinkled some Rick Sanchez in there to make it like nihilistic and horrible at the same time. Okay. I had a lot of I had a lot of fun. We're in my wheelhouse now because we're because we're, we're in a sci-fi campaign. Yeah. Because we blew up existence, kind of. Last chance to skip ahead, I guess. Actually, no. Actually, that was already it's past. I already spoiled the the end That's, of Grave of Man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we're in space. We switched from D and D five E to Starfinder. Which is the... Oh, you actually, like, switched... We switched engines. Uh, engines. Which is confusing, by the way. Huh. And one of the manifestations of that is that for the first few sessions, whenever I cast a spell, I choose a spell from 5e to, to try to cast. And then I open that level of spells from Starfinder, and I, and I roll dice. <laughs> so I cast the... Instead of casting, like whatever fifth level spell that my druid normally had in 5e i cast a random fifth level spell from starfinder i mean from pathfinder this is, this is where it gets even more confusing we're playing in starfinder but our characters are pathfinder characters because of the fact that they're they're fantasy characters from D D. yeah and they don't have you can't just make them starfinder characters yeah so we're using the pathfinder equivalents so i'll just like roll the dice and i'm like i'm gonna cast a fireball it's like all right i conjured a whip of spiders <laughs> Which is a thing in Pathfinder, which I'm horrified by. Why do you... You can either hit people with a whip of spiders, or when you throw the whip of spiders, it turns into a swarm of spiders. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, who made that idea? I'm horrified. I like the concept that you could be hitting somebody, and it's like, it's not working. Fuck it. And you just throw the whip, and it turns it just into swarms like a on them. swarm. Which, by the way, this is my second time doing that, because a moment before then, I tried to cast a different spell and instead conjured the whip of centipedes. Why Our are there whips of multiple insects? <laughs> okay, that's Our, not... That's, RNG was being very unkind to that's me. That's not creative. That's just kind of concerning why you no. have a bottle of insects that you just dip a whip into and they all attach to it and you're like, ha ha. No. But I got to use it for comic horrible effect at one point, because at one point, not knowing how spaceships work, I wandered into like an escape pod and launched it. And just launched myself out of the, that session, and ev I just watched as everyone else played for a while because I was I was gone. Okay, I had been launched away in a, an escape pod. But the ongoing joke in that point was that I was just eating. I was I was try I was doing the druid equivalent of nerd's rope. 
because I was eating a whip of spiders. <laughs> like, I would just conjure a whip of spiders and just devour it. And my, what? And being a high-level druid, I'm immune to poison, so it's not like the spiders can hurt me. <laughs> so I'm just eating, and I'm like, it's like, it's like it's druid nerd's rope. <laughs> it's just the worst image. Because I just, I just, just left my own devices to think of horrible ideas while I'm watching everyone else do their campaign. Yeah. And I'm in space on my own, sleeping and eating, basically. <laughs> uh this is not this is completely unrelated to the leia thing yeah what happened is uh we got a new player derf we brought in and he doesn't know anything about anything basically for okay. campaigns and he's any and it, he just does weird unexpected things because he doesn't fully contextualize what he's doing anyway so we were in a spaceport for pirates and he shot his own net onto his own ship which was seen as an attack so the pirate so the port shot us like that one ship at the beginning of of uh phantom menace yeah just blew it up in the port so they, they blasted us out of the thing but it was when everyone else in the party was already off the ship except me and derf so it was just us so so we did a whole session where i just went where we went off to my we went off to the my aunt's birthday party yeah the day they were doing D because i wasn't going to be in that session and they did all this whole pirate adventure which i don't know anything about still because i don't watch the episodes i'm not in because it just confuses me about player knowledge uh my yeah. character doesn't know what happened there so i'll just not watch those parts uh and that makes me not know those things and it works real well because shell tends to not tell us anything about what she experiences separately from us so i just continue to not know the plot of the campaign for large stretches of it it sounds like you're really part of this it's, uh it's a fun adventure. time but what ha what happened here in my leia moment that is uh we, we I, w I wake up in the uh in the wreckage of our obliterated spaceship okay and durf is dead and everything else is dead. He's already dead. And I'm there. Is he new? And I wake up in like what I wake up in what what I was thinking of as being like Leia's force bubble thing that just defending her from space so okay. she can fly away. But in in universe, its life bubble is an actual spell the druids have, which makes it so they can literally breathe in a vacuum and stuff like that. They actually do have that spell that Leia had. How often are vacuums existing for <laughs> druids? There could be vacuums. D&D &D players are very inventive and do fucked up things. Like, say, create nuclear fission and destroy your campaign. So you have to be prepared for these things. <laughs> like when I did that. How do that's, you... As a, have you heard about the yeah. nuclear fission yeah. incident and how I did that? Yes. Yeah. I didn't know if you knew about that contest oh, yeah. already. Yeah. When I compressed a monster so small that it blew up the planet. <laughs> well, didn't you throw it into a pit? Yeah. That then basically blew up the core of the planet thus destroying the planet nah we just threw i just threw it downstairs it was fine it wasn't like a weird hole to the center of the it wasn't uh red matter from oh. star trek okay like it's gonna destroy the vulcan homeworld spoilers for star trek <laughs> the one from 10 years ago yeah i was like wow that's old now already yeah oh, i don't like that <laughs> i don't like that welcome uh but i needed a way to propel myself I could have done the boring way, because I do have these silly things called Warp Jordans, which were a joke item from the beginning of the campaign, which is I have sh teleporting shoes. But Excuse I don't, me, what? But I don't overuse okay. them. And, and I had a more fun idea, a more Rick Sanchez, horrible uh, loss of life idea of way to do this, which is that uh, Rewind, we found out that Durf's character, Flurf, which he named to be easy to remember, apparently... Uh, we he's like a weird fuzzball creature that lives on the ship with a with a set that has like an ai that runs and every, everything okay and he basically it basically just keeps him as a pet 
and slash as like its eyes and stuff like that. It's like it's keeping it's the robot. It's almost like it's keeping the AI sane as having a stupid pet sentient idiot creature. Good thing the, the ship's gone because Flurf is just the dumbest creature. Okay. Uh, we found like scratchings here and there that indicate that like there's been several Flurfs, like tons of them. So like Flurf himself is like the 14th Flurf or something like that. Like it's like he's completely. Is the ship like cloning them hyper, or is it hyper disposable? We made jokes that like he's because Flurf likes fish for some reason. And we're like, but we're in space. What the fuck? And then we like came up with like a hybrid between the Artemis spaceship simulator and Dishonored. Or like you know how like Dishonored's obsessed with like whale oil and all this stuff. Yeah. Like everywhere you go, there's like whale carcasses and like fish oil for fuel and all this yeah. shit. So we got this idea that Flurf is obsessed with capturing fish, not only just because he likes eating them, but because they also feed it into the ship to create the future Flurf clones in the the matter thing. Is that the biomass comes from like these space fish that they capture, and that's why he's so obsessed with catching them. Uh, so when the ship explodes, everyone's dead except me and my force bubble. And there's this cube, this indestructible cube thing. Okay. And I press a button and like a baby Flurf comes out and it's like fully clothed and it's got its little jetpack and everything like Flurf always does. So it's just, they're just born and all this shit. Okay. And I'm like, ha, dan, dan, dan. <laughs> I just summon three more and I've got four like unconscious like baby Flurfs just in my arms and I turn on their jetpacks to propel myself towards the, uh, the pirate ship to get to the port. And just to make it horrible and to joke about the disposableness of my uh, one of our fellow party members' characters, uh, I, ha- I have the... Because uh, I'm telling this all in a flashback of how I got on the ship and how yeah. I reunited with the party. Uh, I, I said the, 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 the pirates... The pirates' defense is activated and shot at us, and like that, you have like the additional flurfs being picked off, like the R two unit units in Phantom Menace, <laughs> where they're just all dying one by one. Like you gotta turn on the force field, and like oh no, shields, the shields are down. We'll be we we're we're, we're total sitting ducks now, and it's like Aah! like just all the different R two yeah. units are getting picked up, but those are the unconscious flay for the flurf babies, <laughs> and I I hit the wall. And a little too hard when I get to the, the the porthole and I just drop one like that's not dead. It just goes just off into space. And I'm like, hope that doesn't come up later. <laughs> just having fun with this dumb idea. I go to I go sneak into the pirate uh, docking bay and I just sneak onto one of their ships and go sleep in one of the like the bedding quarters just to hide away because I've had a near death experience and I'm like out of out of all energy sources basically okay i'm like out of spells out of hit points everything's just fucked and i can't like go exploring or anything right now uh so they find so that's when they find me as they find me unconscious to to act because like this is like a a five minute story that shows what happened during the hours of campaign that i was going for uh they find me in the docking bay and i tell the story and then i open the uh I, i open the the overhead compartment like it's a like it's a plane and like two more flurfs like fall out like the ones that i the ones that had made it through yeah. with me and here's my fun moment is like i i'm cl- the ongoing thing is like the dungeon master will come up with these ideas and the players will fuck everything up every time yeah like they will always never admit let the campaign go the way that they want it to go and it always <laughs> is a shit show yeah and i got to have that moment because oh. for a brief moment here i was the storyteller for once, I was making up the story that people just had to kind of accept or whatever. And uh, whereas normally I'm one of the people that's reacting to the thing because I'm not the DM. Yeah. Uh, but out of all this thing, my whole goal here is that I wanted to salvage because I thought that the cube thing was going to be lost to time. And I'm like, well, we've got to make Flurf confront this horrible, this like horrible, like 
identity dissonance problem of realizing that he's a clone and there's other clones of him that exist at the same time. Is he and just like, a Meeseeks at that point? Yeah, like, oh, just yeah, press I, a button. You were like just, just deal, like having him deal with that level of yeah. crazy. Of like, oh shit, I'm not the only one, and there's other ones too, and they're all alive. And what the fuck does this mean? Like, I was I was setting up a moment of like a crazy sci-fi dilemma. Yeah, Flurf immediately just absorbs the other two. He just like absorbs him into himself, like, like reverse mitosis, like just okay, like like uh like that one dot io game where you yeah. where that was like feeding frenzy and shit, and I'm like, <laughs> all right, not not on the list of things I was expecting, and it's like he he does no he has no idea how to play the game at all, but immediately he's doing the like the role playing parts great of just like just weird unexpected crazy shit and like forming a consistent character out of that shit huh and I, it was it was interesting just to have my brief micro dungeon master moment where i could inject last jedi into the campaign of all the people that hate last jedi and also just to have my plans foiled instantly just instantly like i'm like oh man what's gonna happen when he encounters the other flirts and just it's over in a second like he just yeah. he just absorbs them I'm like what <laughs> well I, things are happening my usual approach to D stuff is usually uh to be as hands-off with everything as possible for the, as I, the dungeon master uh or as a player just uh, what does hands-off mean I, I mean as in like with the story i kind of just go with it more or less oh like I, you just go with the party i don't have well gonna happen i just don't have expectations so if someone you know if, if like we walk into a room and there's like four gargoyles i don't go mm-hmm. like oh what can these gargoyles do what's gonna happen i just go like well I guess we'll just kill him. Mm-hmm. Find a way. Like, I don't I don't have... Because I don't want to be disappointed when I have this, like, in my mind. Like, oh, this could be great. And then someone goes... And players do insane things. Yeah. And you're like, what? Like, we were supposed to... Like, we... <laughs> they freed a space pirate from captivity mm-hmm. on, on another space pirate ship. Like, a rival one. Like, okay. those warring clans or whatever the hell. And... Uh, they're doing this whole introduction and explanation of like how he's gonna like navigate them through this asteroid belt to his HQ and like all this other shit was gonna happen, but like everyone has to leave the bridge because like you can't see the secret way to the base and all this other shit. And uh, I was gone for that entire conversation. Mm-hmm. My character wasn't there, so at one point I was like just curious. What? What are you pointing at? Oh, they're gone. Bye. I was quieting down for an interruption because I was like, oh, we're going to get a visitor. And then he just walked away. I'm like, oh, I guess he put something down. His hands were both swaying, so he wasn't carrying a package. I don't know what that was. Do you see him? No. Oh, you didn't see him walk out either? No. Oh. Well, we're just sitting here with an open window and the guy just walked up to his house, front door and left. <laughs> Maybe he's going to try to rob me and then realize that someone was Oh, home. shit. People are home in the middle of the day. What are they, losers? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's a pretty accurate statement. Uh, you should probably not be at home at this time. This is, this is good uh, break-in like, time. Since Drez wasn't there for the entire conversation about the whole secret base shit, yeah. he just got curious, so he teleported into the room. And immediately, the pirate attacked me abandoned the ship stole uh bird's new like mech suit that he had got off the ship and like fled and i had completely sabotaged wonder's entire supposed like plans about how we were going to like meet up with these space pirates and all that and then we but then we just force our way in anyway we find our way into the space base anyway and we're like docking and like almost certainly there's going to be like 
some sort of conflict going into here because we're not even supposed to be here. And then Flurf fucking shoots the net thing and gets our ship destroyed. <laughs> like, we cannot, like, it's every step of the way, we cannot get to the place that the campaign's designed to go yeah. to. And, like, he's just, like, at this point, you just have to be resigned to it because we're, well, like, 80 episodes in. I mean, I, a DM has a, a, a tough job because they can be... They can be as liberal as they want with certain situations. Like, say, Durf shooting the net could just be seen as humorous. And the pirates don't blow it up. Why would they blow up the ship? It wasn't a threat, even if they shot a net. It's not like the net can do anything inside the HQ. That's that's an opinion some people have had twice about that particular session, is that, like... The consequences of people's actions were so severe yeah. that it was like almost overkill. It's, where he could have like, hand waved either one of the ones away because, like, yeah, yeah, like I went into the bridge and that led to a catastrophic betrayal, which is fine and, because you didn't know there was context to that situation, which is yeah. like the guy did not want no one anyone to know. Yeah. So, but the response to entering the bridge and the response to the net were also like maximum severity responses. Yeah, I don't. On the spectrum I, don't of I mean, responses you could have. I feel like if since you weren't there in the beginning, the pirate yeah. would have just naturally been like, "Hey, could you get the fuck out? Like, I don't want anybody to know." And you would have just been like, "Okay," and just walked away. I mean, it's just been the funniest shit. It's the most bizarre. I mean, that's happen. the thing. It's like a DM. It's like entertainment is the value. Uh-huh. So they need to like do whatever is entertaining to some capacity. Even like, we, if it, like we had a part where there's just like a crack in space time or whatever. Like it, like the one from Doctor Who. Yeah. And we were all we were supposed to really do is try to like widen it and go through it and see what's past there and shit like that. Bird forcefully like jumps at it as hard as he can and like gets his arm cut off. And then that episode kind of just became about making Bird not die from his arm being gone, which is still gone. It's to this day, like now in the like in the in the sci-fi series, he has like a robot arm because he permanently lost his arm that day. <laughs> like, OK, severity of actions has been so all over the place. And whenever I think like at first, I thought it would be something that would be destructive towards the campaign or I was worried about that. Yeah. When I would be like thinking outside the box too widely and then crazy gear shifts happen. But now that's been happening for so long that it must, I just assume it's okay at this point. So I just, I just, I just keep I mean, doing it. Yeah. Although sometimes it happens. When I don't even mean to for it to happen. Like, uh, we had a party wipe like 30 episodes in or something. Cause oh. there was a whole part where uh bird was bird agreed to go save some wizard at the top of a tower somewhere. And I'm like, there's like a whole fucking army between here and there. This is a nightmare. And like this, he's this idiot's going to get himself killed. Cause especially at that point in the campaign, birds was like, birds character was like the most useless jackass idiot man that like he was, he was like a suicidal baby man. It was insane. Okay. Like he's this giant bugbear. He's super strong and he can one shot all these different things, but like he's just doing like, he will just do the insane thing in every situation. And like his, so he's like active. He's like chaotically. Uh, try is like chaotically even, sabotaging even, at every point. I, I don't even know. Like his plan to infiltrate the base was to wear all of the human-sized armor, guard armor, on his giant bugbear frame, and like just try to like stack armor until he could pass as a human, and then just try to walk in. You know, like okay, oh, you could no. have like had a disguise spell put on you to make you look human. You could have had. There's a, there's, like there's, there's a, a lot different. of better options so, besides. But like, I'm like I've got spider walk. I'll just walk up the tower. I'll, I'll just couldn't walk. everyone walk up the tower. Uh, yep, that'd be a lot of cast a spider walk. 
Actually, I think Spider Walk doesn't affect multiple targets. Oh. And I think it's a concentration spell, which means you can't cast it more than once either. Oh, okay. So you're pretty much stuck with the one. In any case, okay, then the, there's the solution. But like, want to try to stop me? What? So, first of all, I was splitting the party, and also I was wandering into parts of the map he wasn't even, he hadn't even drawn. Uh, so, like, he was, like, sketching shit out rapidly or just, like, guiding me by voice and shit like that at some point because I was climbing up a tower that didn't exist in his assets, basically. And, he, and he's, like, he made up, like, a mysterious smooth substance along the walls that I couldn't spider walk on and I couldn't get past. Okay. And, like his defense is that he that this was one of his big signals that i wasn't supposed to go this way and so on and that that's like now i wasn't supposed to try to do all this shit uh but that's but for me as the player i'm like that's just an additional challenge for me to beat so i'm like thorn whip and i thorn whipped onto the ledge past the smooth shit and i was pulling i was just climbing up on the rope and shit like that (laughs) like i was i was fucking up for it because this is what i always do with my druids is what i've done ever since the when i was a druid in like jake's campaign way back in the day is like i I use druids to break all of the traps and things because they're, they're so they're, resor- they're so versatile. They're so resourceful. Yeah, they're scary resourceful. You can do like I mean, anything. I could have just flown up there if I was higher level and had a flight form yet, but I didn't. I had like I was like level. I had like third level spells. Yeah, so I had like spider walk and thorn whip and shit like that, and they were enough. I got a lot of mileage out of the fact that you can do a a gust of wind that's like a tornado of wind and shit like that. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh. So that finally he has like a Cthulhu monster like poke his head out and like just zap me through the heart with a laser and I just fall to my death. But that was that was when like this we had we had a forced like season one finale because he had to like come up with what the fuck to even do next in the story because I got myself killed. Greg got himself killed while while, while I wasn't babysitting him and Alaren was like successfully infiltrating the enemy forces because because they're human shaped and was just wearing the armor and was just going in. Uh so that's when he had me wake up as a dragon and shit like that. And then I just then I, that was the first time I destroyed reality. I've done that a few times now. I feel so like my response to that whole situation was to I wake up at on the on the floor as dragon, fly back up, and I kill the lich guy that shot me, and I destroy the crystal on on the because I guess the plot twist here was that the lich guy was secretly the wizard we had to save. Was mm-hmm. like it was all a manipulation of manipulating what, our. What idiot. is he pulling a Final Fantasy boss yeah. where he's like, "Come help me," and then he's like, "Actually, yeah. the fucking I need you to help me take over the world," he, and he like kills he was, you. To he's try like to do he's that. like pretending to be some poor wizard that needs help from Greg when he's actually like the villain, basically. Yeah. Uh, and so I kill him and I like tail whip the shit out of the crystal till it shatters. And then it creates like an explosion that destroys the entire area and destabilizes gravity. And we, <laughs> and we get warped to a different reality for a while and I had to find our way back. I have, um, I'm under the, I have been a little catastrophic towards the campaign. I'm under the impression that it would be in Wander's best interest to stop hindering you. Because I feel like every time he comes up with a way to prevent you from doing something, you end up destroying it. <laughs> Like that's like that's your your entire prerogative is like I'm gonna do a thing and if someone just let you do the thing it would be fine you would just go about doing the thing but when someone's like you can't do that you're like oh but I can and I will and I will do it amazingly. The funny thing is it literally didn't even cross my mind when he was like oh there's a weird smooth surface because like later on he's like obviously I was telling you not to go there and that's and I that's why I had to kill you ultimately is because you're going so far of course and you didn't pick up the several clues and I'm like. You mean the part where I faced a challenge in D anD D? I was like, I literally saw the weird smooth stuff. I'm like, all right, I need to think this one. I need to think about yeah. this one too. And I fucking did on the spot. I'm like, I got this because Thorn Whip will pull something towards you unless you use it on something immobile, and then it pulls you towards them. So I'm like, oh, it's like yeah. a hook shot. Yeah, it's like a hook <laughs> shot. 
So I can hook. So I, I basically hook shotted past it and shit. And I was still well, fixing all the yeah. problems. I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah. And that's my thing is like, if you don't like don't one of the I, I feel like one of the big rules with D&D is that you shouldn't have limitations. There should be no you, like because the players will always do things. And the only limitations are within the bounds of the rules. Like, can a player use I, the vine? I to think one of the things that's fun about up? D&D is that like the the, the story thing that's going to happen is often really boring. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying this about Wonders Campaign. I'm talking just no in like, general. In general, just, D&D's, yeah. D&D's uh, stories. It's not about the story. The it's about fr- the experience the of going through it. The frameworks are often really bare bones. Yeah. I know this too because we've also been going through like a... We were going through a book at Marty's house, but that's all dead now because I don't think... I think he got overwhelmed as the DM and stuff like that. Slash certain players being unsu- insufferable. Uh, uh, Fun. But even like the actual books you get on D and D campaigns, that they themselves are like really bare bones stories usually. Yeah, and that's because the crazy shit the mechanics will end up doing and the players will choose to do is like the entire texture of the game, and that's yeah. where all the really fun stuff happens. Yeah, like, and I I, lo- I always love the story of like when I was doing Jake's campaign back in the day. Like we were meeting in the geology room and we we're doing a D and D campaign, and Jake had the most boring ass campaign. And he had the most, like, min-maxed monsters, and he was just all into the mechanics, but only the boring parts about, how, like, the cool shit he could make up and not, like, the scenarios necessarily. Yeah. And uh, we were we were actually bringing in Lewis. Okay. We brought him in as a new player. He kind of just got spawned in. You could actually just spawn anyone in this campaign because we were we were all, like, Battle Royale style, like, um, had, like, callers that were forcing us to do this mission, basically. So at any moment, any new player could just join in because they would just be sent into the mission on the same suicide mission. Okay. Uh, Lewis spends all fucking day making his character and immediately gets one shot in, in the first round of combat. Oh. And is dead. And, and, like, and, like, and, like, he just let that happen. Like, like Jake let that happen in his campaign, and I'm like, dude, <laughs> like this is uh, like I always get mad when people get mad about like someone fudging the rules or like whenever the DM like like sort of makes last second corrections and changes about stuff, and, yeah, and, then, and let, like it, to make the story happen because like moments like that are like that's that just makes the game worse. Oh yeah, if, like new player Lewis dies instantly on his first turn, and that's his only D and D experience, and Jake just goes with that. Like is a weird thing. But, like, th- this is one of my big moments of, like, being just the evil druid that is just ruining the campaign, is that I immediately went to... We were playing th- 3.5. I went to, like, my travel form, immediately closed the gap between where we were, like, 120 feet away and the uh, and the actual castle, like, keep in, like, one one or two turns. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, they have a whole line of archers up top that are all firing their bows at the un- incoming party, so they're just trying to survive that. So I dashed past everything. Sid is trying to do like some sort of defensive barrier thing for a slow approach because that's the only way to get everyone else over there. Yeah. But I go around the side of the castle out of the side of the archers. I use like stone shape or whatever the hell applicable move stone earth, whatever that they have in 3.5 to create a doorway in the side of the castle. Okay. Which goes directly into their armory. And I transform into a bear. <laughs> and amazingly, uh, up top, they keep getting nat ones on their archer rolls. Okay. So they're, they're like breaking their bows and they have to go down to the armory to get a new one. <laughs> so like there's a weird treadmill of like unarmed orcs coming to my bear in the armory one by one. <laughs> you're just like, sitting there farming XP at that yeah. point where you're just like free. It's one of my favorite free. things of like that's the funniest shit ever and no one wrote that. 
Yeah. No one made that scenario happen. No, that's the whole point of D&D. The point is yeah. the players creating a story around yeah. the the framework of a DM's yeah. uh, campaign. And like, you've met Arif before, right? At, yeah. At the tabletop sessions. Uh, he was playing our very very he, he he rolled a less than 10 on his intelligence oops so he was role-playing his character as being of sub average intelligence the yeah. entire campaign and he was really good at it okay <laughs> and he would do the most dumb obvious thing in so many situations and we just like oh no like he had so many stolen goods at one point and he just walked up to somebody on the street like hey and you know any you know you know a good fence <laughs> and she's just like the person just immediately looks at them like thief and all the guards look at him and arrest him and like all the guards can close on him and like arrest him and all this shit's happening and i the rest of the party especially me i was like or like i'm not i don't know this guy yeah. i'm not acknowledging this guy i don't i'm not gonna help him because he's gonna incriminate me this lunatic uh, but i <laughs> i was a i'm a sorcerer and I've got like the in in a in five e you get like the the sorcerers can have like these bonus points of metacasting where okay. you you can learn specific versions of metacasting. There's like eight categories of it, and you can augment your spells by using a sorcery point, okay. which is like a secondary source of points you have basically per day. Uh, and they're they're really cool ideas. Like one of them is like doubles the length of the spell, or if it's or if it's a touch spell, it's a three a thirty foot spell instead of a touch spell. Oh. Or one of them is you can do it without doing any of the verbal or somatic components. Okay. It's like if there's a if there's a if there's a catalyst item that still has to exist, but you don't have to do gestures and voices. You can just silently cast a spell. Mm. Which obviously can be useful in a number of scenarios. And like stealth like yeah and... either stealth situations or when you're tied up. Yeah. You can cast a spell while you're bound. Like that's cool shit. That's good. There's, there's yeah. and there's like ten more versions of that. Like crazy oh, yeah, I'm sure. augments. I'm like, okay, sorcerers are really fun in five E. So I do the uh turn the touch spell into a long range spell on uh on uh the spell called knock, which unlocks things. Yeah. In this case is shackles. So like I just I, I'm assisting him from afar by like unlocking his shackles in the middle of a in the middle of scenarios happening while not getting involved in the fight yeah. anyway. And like not once again, like no part of this is anyone's plan. Yeah, like no, the like, DM D wasn't D ready is for so that. Great. Yeah, it's it's a great it's a great game. The problem is like people just need to understand like there mm -hmm. are like yeah, like I said, there you, there are liberties that you have to take with certain things because yeah. the players are the ones creating the story, not the DM. The DM creates a framework which compels them to go on the story, which comes to, which but, which kind of goes to a point that I wasn't actually trying to get to necessarily this podcast, but I, we're going there anyway, so I might as well just get to this, which is the difference between what is and isn't an RPG in a video game. Oh, because okay. this is a problem that I yeah I don't I, I touched on this I think at the beginning of like the Mass Effect spoiler cast when I was doing Andromeda it was like the argument about what is an RPG yeah because one of my big problems with Mass Effect Andromeda is that Mass Effect as a series tons of decisions all the time so you can handle so many situations differently over the course of the campaign even if they don't like have widespreading results or anything yeah there's different I mean, and Andromeda was like Fallout Four where a large number of the situations were like yes or sarcastic yes or yeah. like your dialogue choices uh and like there's a huge gap between what is and isn't in a real rpg like i'll agree that there's like a thing called an rpg in video games that we just 
at this point we've used it so much that it's it's the working definition like what even like final fantasy is an rpg yeah but it's like not... that exactly that problem where a lot of jrpgs yeah. have zero role-playing components of any kind yes they're literally you play as a uh, you play well, a, as a party of prefab you, you name yourself sometimes Depends on if there's voice acting. You don't name Lightning. Uh, okay, well, you basically play as a group of prefab original Final Fantasy games. Yeah. And role play. You, you play you play as a cast of prefab uh, anime characters that hit things and level up, and a and a completely linear story plays out. Yeah, in the vast majority of, of JRPGs, mm-hmm. there are exceptions for sure. Like I played Lost Dimension, and that's all about like literally the villains of that campaign are randomized every playthrough, which yeah. is the cool shit because because it, it's about it's basically the JRPG equivalent of the, the game Resistance. And that's why it's so cool. Okay. It's like random allies every playthrough are the traitors and you have to fish them out or they'll, they'll, they'll turn on you. Huh. Which I don't know if I explained this ever, but like on top of the fact that like random party members are traitors and you have to like try to figure out who they are so you can weed them out each round. You have to kill somebody every floor, whether they're a traitor or not. You just have to pick oh. somebody to kill. So you're hoping that you found the traitor. And at the end of the game, you find out how good you did because all the traitors turn on you right before the boss, final boss fight. And you have to fight them. Oh. Like, yeah, it's like Zevron and and, and Dragon Age. We're like that's kind of cool. Yeah, you'll have a, you'll have to. God, fight. that would suck too if you're like not good and you turn around. And you're like, uh, oh fuck, that's a lot of people. Yeah, all the traitors <laughs> that are left will turn on you during the final battle and fight you. It's like it's a really cool idea, which just means you have lost even more characters overall. Yeah, because you killed innocent people along the way. It's a really fun idea for a game that is significantly closer to an RPG in some ways in that it at least has that decision in it. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's the only decision in it, is trying to figure out the, the traders. That's the closest it has. So even that, it's like less an RPG and more a lot of modern indie games that just have cool mechanics-driven story yeah, where the story more is, or less. Where the story takes a backseat to being a series of mechanics where you make decisions, like Frostpunk. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of JRPGs even have less than that. Like, you... Uh, it's rare to even find a jrpg where you can say a yes or no answer to stuff that is disregarded anyway but at least you get to say yes or no sometimes yeah but and unfortunately there's a there's some western rpgs that are also basically not rpgs and then there's other ones that do really cool stuff okay like one of my favorite things i did recently was i did for the i did a patreon thing for fallout 3 yeah and you'll everyone remembers fallout 3 especially megaton it's a really memorable part of that game yeah and I did something I haven't done before, which I played a... I, my character was dumb. Oh, you just had, like, low intelligence? Yeah. Okay. So, I was asked to hack the bomb, and I was playing a morally repugnant asshole, so I was like, yeah, sure, I'll blow up Megaton, fuck it. I was like, well, I'll do that, like, at the beginning of the campaign, let's do it. Uh, but I was too stupid to. I was too stupid to actually hack the bomb to blow up Megaton, so... They they have avenues built for that. Oh yeah, they do. Because there's the the guy at the bar is a drug dealer, and you can agree to meet him at night to uh in like the water treatment plant in order to get his drugs that can increase your intelligence stats temporarily and stuff like that, so you can hack the bomb. Yeah. And so you can go in there and you can meet with him at the right time. I can purchase the goods from him to confirm that they are, in fact, there, and then I can, as I'm walking away, uh, turn around and shoot him in the head. And then take all my shit back and also all of the rest of his drugs. And then I can hack Megaton and blow up Megaton. Because who is this weirdo that's going to be like doing honest trade with this guy I'm about to blow up? Like, yeah. what the fuck? Uh, and then I will go off to Ten Penny Tower and watch it blow up while singing uh, Civilization. <laughs> They've sense. got things like the atom bomb. So I think I'll stay where I am. Civilization. That song. Yeah. It's great. It's great. Uh, and like all of that 
that's 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 all RPG. That's an shit. RPG. Yeah, and that's that's like that's all good shit. Yeah, that's all really good shit. That's why Fallout Three and New Vegas are so interesting. It's because you can do shit like that. I couldn't do Vegas. Vegas. Vegas uh, is even further in that direction. Well, the problem like, with the, the flow tread of crazy ass shit you can pull off is yeah. so wider. Well, my problem with Vegas was Vegas. Uh, when I whenever I played it, I'd always get to the point like I, I, I would always get to the point where it's like you need to choose a faction. Mm-hmm. You know, and my deci- my decision was like, no, I want none. I think there's a no faction ending too. If there is. There are other paths but, you can do. But the problem is, like, the game expects you to just amicably decline a faction. You just, you know, like a faction you, would be like, do you, you, can't, you can't just shoot them. Well, yeah, but you know, it's like a lot you, of people shoot Caesar. I think at some point. <laughs> yeah. Well, my decision was like my role playing decision was, you know what? Like, I don't like basically in this world, I am anti faction. Mm-hmm. But I'm also, like, very opinionated. And I don't think anyone's allowed to have factions. So, I, so you wanted to wipe I out every faction I went to wipe out every exist- faction. <laughs> and, and the fact that you even could try that speaks a lot to the, how, <laughs> what kind of games these are. Yeah, it's, like, but it's a problem because the game won't just erase a faction when you just... You can't just... You weirdly have, like, weird metagame yeah. elements that acknowledge them still somewhere. Yeah, there's still people that are like, well, that still exists. And it's like yeah I, it can't it's, I, it's like, hard to account for every variable in a video yeah. game but they try which is the good the good thing yeah that's why i just i just couldn't play vegas though because i would i would go through and i would wipe, out, wipe everything out and well, they wouldn't wipe out good enough no like it, the problem was that people would still people would still say like i'm part of the caesar faction it's like yeah. well the faction doesn't exist like they're, they're gone i killed all of them it's like you're the one outliner on this faction you can't just be the solo faction guy like, what we're talking about here is a really interesting part i want to get onto, which is that like there's the Bioware type RPG or like Telltale games, decision making games, stuff like that. But even yeah. those games or David Cage games, I would and say so those on, are um, those, yeah. those are games where you, you choose. It's like the it's like an RPG, but it's like a choose your own adventure RPG. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. There's a really I, specific, maybe large tree of, but still specific list of things that can happen. That's not and an you're RPG. Kind of picking one. Because you're not, it's RP. It's Fallout makes you, lets you make a character. Yeah, you yeah. are your your own unique human that's what being. I'm, that's what I'm getting to. Yeah, that's what I'm getting to. Is that like, in stuff like Mass Effect, it's like a compromise between video game and RPG. Yeah, which is that video game has to make all the assets and all the voice acting and all the thing, so that all these variables can happen. Which means they constrain you to a series of specific variables. And then those are the ones you work with or like, yeah. or like until dawn, like has a whole bunch of different endings and paths and kudos for that game, letting you kill any permutation of characters. You're not locked into paths. Yeah. You can literally like I've, I've actually looked into it and I, and I did it for my season two of until dawn. I literally chose I'm going to kill these characters and save these characters. And I did it. I did the exact story pass that led to that happening because huh. none of them are even none of the characters are even reliant on other characters to survive in that game. I, I killed them all. Because I don't want kill- you can definitely kill them all. I didn't want children. Like there's no brand. Like uh, it's not like 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 a lot of uh adventure games will be each be forking where every fork yeah. has its own forks and then you're kind of stuck along that line until you end up in the endpoint. Yeah. So it's really cool when something like Until Dawn has like a series of independent variables that can all that can all work that way on, on in addition to the actual forking storyline. Yeah. It's uh, it's more it's more of a linear story yeah. that does uh, that does routine data checks. Yeah. Or it goes like, hey, roll call. Who's here? Okay, that's all. Yeah, it's also a thing happening in uh, in Detroit. Is it has a bunch of branching paths where you make the big choice about which, like, literally, like which location you go to sometimes, or whether or not you kill somebody and stuff like that. That yeah. leads to you literally going to a different chapter at times. 
but also smaller checks about like what's your reputation with this character because that affects which dialogue direction it goes in or whether yeah. they trust yeah. you and how this conversation goes. Which is what Fallout does as well. It yeah. checks like how much do like, people like you. That's the that so like I look at that stuff and like that's the polished RPG experience of like it's not it, the true RPG experience, but it's the one that mechanically makes the game look good and feel good. Yeah, in that it looks the it, it's, 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 it looks like a high quality product. Yeah, whereas all the true RPGs look weird and janky and have issues yeah because they're doing something so much harder they're they're trying to add there's like because real rpgs especially like DD, is like a d like when you hand someone a book for DD, it's kind of it's daunting it's scary you have to learn how a world works kind of which it's i'll assuage a lot of people's things the concept of learning DD, while complicated it's not that much more massively complicated than learning like a, a like Monster Hunter. Yeah, like there are I video mean, games people play on, oh, on yeah. the regular that are really popular that are, are a similar level of like shit you figuring out along the way. I to mean, play it to as some D&D. capacity, like a, a lot of D and D is just memorization. You, you also, need to memorize yeah. how mechanics work. You need to memorize how spells work. How like how does your class function? Is the memorization D and D is so much easier to learn if you just have people that know how to play it. Well, yeah, that's like if you just I mean, know somebody who knows D and D, yeah, then you just hop into a world and you just make decisions, yeah, and and you at, pick it up and along somebody the way, like, and you'll be like, "How do I do that?" And they'll be like, "Oh yeah, check your intelligence," and and you have it after a couple of times. It's like, "All right, yeah, sure, and yeah," like, and you're just watching people play, and you'll pick up on it. It's and it's muscle and, memory, yeah. And it's, most of the mechanics yeah. are way simpler to the way, most of the mechanics are way more intuitive than like Twilight Imperium. <laughs> which is way more abstract and, yeah. and a lot harder to learn, but still learnable in one day and everything. Like, D&D is often, like, you're trying to do human actions and just contextualizing them mechanically. Well, I think the difference is, like, uh, Twilight Imperium is a strategy game. So mm-hmm. learning the mechanics of a strategy game and then performing strategy is, like, a really hard barrier of entry because you're asking someone to take... Oh, yeah. It's so much just to spend a whole day learning the game yeah. and then not really have a strategy that whole day because you're trying to learn it and then, yeah. next, then come back next time to try to now formulate a strategy exactly. you know how to play the game. Whereas D&D is more about... Uh, you're doing strategies, but the strategies are creativity. Where it's like you need you need more creativity than strategic ability. So you need to be able to say, like, I have these spells. They mm-hmm. do these things... How do I fit them together to make them do something ridiculous? In fact, sometimes knowing less about D&D makes you do crazier things. Oh, yeah, absolutely. the cool stuff. Like that story that goes around on Reddit and shit where the guy, somebody was like going to making a werewolf campaign where some spooky werewolf thing was going to be like hunting the party. And it's, it's one of those things like Nemesis where you can't beat it and you have to like run away and stuff yeah, like you that have to keep... in, over the course of the campaign. And uh, it was like an infinitely regenerating like like wolverine werewolf like it was you you could not deal with this guy yeah and somebody shoved shoved a tree token down its throat and activated it and it just splattered because a tree grew out of the inside of it and there was no more werewolf and goodbye main antagonist which is kind of what happened with me and wander too is like he we were in jail i escaped through a weird small back passage that greg couldn't fit through and I was peeking back in to see what was happening because people came in to see what, to check on Greg and I was gone and everything. And I was peeking and this bounty hunter dude, ninja man, spots me through the hole and chases me. And we go down this tunnel and I don't know where we're going so I don't want to run too far and I can barely see. So I start making like druid traps like uh, like the spikes on the floor and other like yeah. dangers and stuff like that. 
and I create like an orcs must die murder trap that ultimately kills this like seventh level player or whatever that's like way too <laughs> high for our like beginning of the campaign characters to fight. And yeah, I, and I killed it because I made an orcs must die chamber and. When you or like or like you know about like you you of course know about the time where we uh we like in episode two there was like a giant bird monster thing and we just lured up to a ledge and threw a tree token at the ledge and it collapsed and oh it yeah, yeah. His death and and like that was the that wasn't even just like a boss but like the quest giver for the hub zone for like the next ten episodes was like more or less the plan yeah. and we immediately killed him and took all his treasure and freed all his prisoners because <laughs> we made him fall to his death and it's like. Oh, it's like, what if the first plan to defeat Jabba worked? And then and then the, the rest of the Jedi movie had to keep happening yeah. when Jabba was just immediately defeated. Yeah, it's I mean, I but that's the fun. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, that's the fun of it. And I think Cole, I think video games that tried to be too uh, constrained by mechanics that are like D&D. It gets really troublesome because the game can't compensate for creativity. It can only yeah. just allow you to do the things based on the game. So the closest you usually get is, at best, you have something vaguely like the early to middle eras of Bethesda. Yeah. Like Morrowind, Fallout 3 kind of range. Pretty much that's where it started and stopped. It was those games. Yeah. Uh, you have that kind of thing, or more commonly, you have like a CRPG. It's like the closest you can get. Okay, yeah. And pretty much the way to, to come close to simulating D&D and how good role-playing can be is you need nightmarishly long uh, dialogue trees where when you talk to somebody, you have so many possible responses you can pick from that yeah. completely go in different directions because that's what players will try to do is they'll think of so many different things to do. So you got to be ahead yeah. of them. So you look at like Planescape Torments lists of responses you have sometimes and it's just like a uh, you're scrolling through your own responses options. And also one of the other big checks for me is just be able to attack people. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like not like you should be able to attack anyone. Stop making stop making a game rely heavily on the existence of an NPC. Yeah. It's like it's a crippling system like, because like Mass Effect for example exists in a world where you go to the ship or the citadel and people just exist there and you walk around unarmed and so on. And yeah, yeah. it'd be really weird if Shepard randomly started murdering everyone because it's that whole setting is not great for this kind of thing and you don't meet people on missions. And when you go on missions, it's just monsters you shoot through cuz it's just yeah. it's it's a Gears of War shooting gallery and then back to a quest hub every yeah. time. So it doesn't work that way. But in a lot of CRPGs the the NPCs that you interact with that are on your side or non-hostile and they're either quests, they're sources of quests or they're part of a complicated political structure of the area or they're part of several warring factions or all these other things, you can just attack them. Like one of the cool things about Wasteland 2 is okay. that you can attack every NPC in the entire game, including the people at Ranger Citadel, your HQ. <laughs> you can attack any NPC and kill them and they will stay dead. Oh, and it, that's the game handy. will have to just like continue I think on. Skyrim's like that, that, isn't it? Besides uh, children, I don't think it had children, did it? Well, Skyrim has children, did it? Yeah, you, uh, you the, can't kill the, the children. That, the way that Bethesda games usually did it is that they, at least the ones I remember, is that you would if you killed a uh, an NPC that was necessary for the main story, the game wouldn't stop you. It would just say a message that's like, "By the way, you totally just failed the main quest forever." 
yeah just so you know and you just do what you will with that information because you know a lot of people see the main quest as being optional in bethesda games anyway yeah uh which is also valid which which i mean is like at least they they give you you a cursory message like by the way just so you know like just so you don't find out 70 hours from now yeah uh, the world's doomed (laughs) which i would argue skyrim isn't like a game that has an ending skyrim is a game that you just keep playing i wouldn't know i've literally never been able to get past the first two hours i can't I cannot get even vaguely interested in Skyrim. Everyone in it's boring. Everything in it to look at is boring. It's the it's, and yeah. I'm just left alone with like just the raw mechanics of a Bethesda game, and that's not good. No, because they're the, not great video games generally. It's yeah. the world and characters and everything. And I'm like, this isn't Morrowind. This isn't Cyrodiil. This is boring McIceland where everything's gray and there's several raiders and wolves everywhere. Everywhere I go. Go to the top of this mountain so old people can drone at you for 12 hours about how you're the chosen one. And then you get the one trick that everyone memes. I'm like, cool, I got the meme. And now I'm back to why ice will flanned. I'm like, fuck, I hate being here. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, it always wears me down before yeah. I can get anywhere. I don't know the story of that game. Morwind is so Besides much... the chosen one, Dragon Man. I mean... Like, I don't know it. If, if there is a story, I don't know what happens in it oh. because I never can get past there's, the first couple of hours. There's a of minor sub, it is. There's like a minor sub. Well, not minor, but there's like a subplot of the main plot about how the dra- like what the dragons are and why you're killing the dragons specifically and blah. It's fucking irrelevant. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, when you know the information, it doesn't make the game better no. for you. It's kind of like uh, Oblivion where it's like. The kind of the plot was go to hell, stop the monsters. Yeah. But like you go there, but you Patrick stop them. Stewards wants to wants to send me on my destiny. It doesn't like Morwood <laughs> is like the best example of an RPG that they've made, which is you go in there. The world is interesting because the world has no expectations of you. Where I feel like Oblivion and Skyrim have these expectations that you want to do the story, you want to you know you want to get to the end. But Morwood comes up and is like, "Hey guys, you want to play an RPG? Here I did, you go." I did like how in Morrowind you can't do the main story. Yeah. Like at the beginning, they're like, you know, the main story, you're not ready for this. Go do some other shit. Like immediately. And it's not just the moment. The moment you find Caius Kostates, he's like, go get a job loser. Yeah. And you go get a job loser. And because you're a prisoner, you just show up off a boat. Then you just stumble into like all these intrigues of like how all these different guilds are like, all want to recruit you and you go do some missions. And then you find out that they're kind of at war with each other. Yeah. Like kind of naturally, as opposed to like, through like contrived setups that were that are about how they're all at war with each other, which I think happens immediately in Skyrim. Yep. Is like you happen to walk don't, don't you like happen to be what was it? Were you specifically on a prison transport with like members of both rival factions or something? Yeah. And you have to like choose a side like immediately or something. You don't between... have to I don't think you have to choose do you have to choose a side? I think they introduce the conflict like immediately as a like immediately, immediately. Oh they do, they do, they do. Yeah, yeah. Whereas yeah, it's, yeah. it's kind of cooler to do it in the Morrowind or even like in some ways, even Fallout 4 thing where you just kind of slowly discover the factions over the course of the playthrough yeah. instead of it being like immediately in your face. But see, Morrowind was nice because Morrowind, unlike Fallout, allowed me to just kill everyone in the factions. And it just... You can also ride silt striders through mushroom forests, which yeah. is pretty neato. But as the game... As opposed to mountain land of mountain. The game just lets you do that. And the game just goes on like that never happened. Like I wiped out the Thieves Guild. Like, I just walked in one day. You just deleted them. I one just day. deleted them. Goodbye, I, Thieves Guild. Well, because I was. Well, when I first played Morrowind, it was on the Xbox, the original Xbox. Yeah. And uh, I learned, like, there's a cheat code 
that you can use to like max your stats. So you can just change your stats to whatever mm-hmm. value you want them to be. So I changed my all my stats to be ridiculous. And then I just I went to the Mages Guild and I was like, hey, hey let me join. And I created a bunch of custom spells that would use so much mana but could do ridiculous things. That was one of my complaints about that game. What? Is that the, the spell customization is so horrifyingly expensive that all the fun stuff that is supposedly in that game is actually stuff you basically can't even really make with a real character. Yeah. You basically yeah. have to cheat to do any, oh, yeah. any of this fun I stuff. I mean, and, and the more... It was like the other system, too, was not I, only was I it did, expensive, it, it cost a fuck ton of mana to use, yeah. too. So, like, the more things you added to a spell, the more mana you needed. But, like, to get more mana is... Like, you have to keep leveling up. And it's like, at some point, you have to literally be like so extremely high level that it's not it doesn't make sense to even have the spell i think when i was with my like campaign like my character that beat the campaign basically like if i wanted to have like a spell that returned like five hit points per second or something as like a passive yeah that was like the maximum mega grand gem in in its entirety and the most and the most enchantable item of the world (laughs) it was like to get that tiny that tiny upgrade i'm like huh it's like the rumors, his reputation very much precedes and and surpasses what you can actually do in the game legitimately. Oh, yeah. Which is why, like I said, which is why I cheated. But it was yeah. fun to be able to just like create this spell that devastated oh, yeah, the idea everyone. Of being able to make stuff super cool. Yeah. Like I think I think my spell, I think I did like an avatar spell where I just like I want every element to pop out at one time for one spell. And I just walked into a room and was like, poof. And then everyone just died. And I was like, that's the end of the Thieves Guild. Mm-hmm. And then people just didn't talk about it anymore. People or, like, just... or like that griefing strategy in Diablo 2 where you mod frozen orb to shoot other frozen orbs instead of frost bolts. So it's an infinite <laughs> loop of frozen orbs. <laughs> and then it just crashes the game of everyone that can see it. <laughs> uh, good times. Good times. Unfortunately, uh, like then, then you have something on the other side of the spectrum, which is like World of Warcraft, which is... The least role playing you could yes. ever do. The least uh you just make a character like, and you level them. Yeah. And it's such a not role playing game and the story is so unimportant that nowadays the average experience of a lot of people is to make a character and instantly boost them to the max level and not deal with any of the in between as if you know, just skip the story in the game in a yeah. role playing game. Or people just match make into random dungeons constantly and never set foot in the actual world or engage with any of the settings and stuff like that. I'm guilty like, of both. And I'm just like, this is <laughs> Yeah, there's like these just they're called MMORPGs, but like like the it's they do- just, they're this it's it's, it's they're only they are massively multiplayer yeah that part's true yeah but the rpg is really the modern thing where it's like they, it's a game with rpg elements the same yes. the way that someone would describe shadow of mordor yeah, yeah yeah that's or batman it's like you level up a character and buy skills and shit but See, it's not an rpg i'm guilty of doing the like dungeon run or boost yeah. character and so like doing our playthrough our series it's so hard because you're, you're like because you're like doing the old experience of running around yes, and questing. And I, I start getting really agitated because I'm like, why? Like, I can't fly here. We can fly in like 10 minutes if we just queue. We have enough party members. We can queue all the way to 60 in like fucking 30 <laughs> minutes. Let's just not deal with these people. But we have to go to a quest and it's like, well, yeah, we, we were get- like we were like dealing with being in the open world and like unexpected situations where like, like a pvp or shows up and one shots us all and specifically kills the npc we need to turn the quest yeah into, and then waits for it to respawn just to kill it again so that it could keep re-killing it on it's a timer like, fucking and it's so aggravating because i'm like <laughs> my first instinct is to just 
I'll just make another character boost to 110, come back here and devastate it. <laughs> like, I don't have to deal with this. I like, will kill you with money. Yeah, it's like that's that's how I approach WoW is like yeah. I will win because I have the money and I will not deal with this. I think that's why I find it so cool to find any moment where you can circumvent the mechanics of WoW is because that's the closest you get to feeling like you're playing an RPG at all is when you do something that you're not supposed to do. Yeah, I get. Even I get though that. you're mostly just glitching something or something, I just like there was the in vanilla WoW there was always the whirlwind axe. It was this hyper mega powerful super axe that the yeah. warriors got when they finished their quest line. Because back then every class had class quests you did like every fifteen levels or so. Yeah, and they were mandatory to learn the next major class skills. And the like end that. was like and a class weapon. It honestly was a better game back then when it was like you could do stuff like that. And Whoa, you, you, shots fired! Well, you got to like enjoy your character. You don't like and, grinding for legion points so you could make your weapon uh, better so you and then, then undo the weapon in the next expansion and delete it entirely. <laughs> yeah, are, you know. You do realize they already yeah. did that, right? I'm so they already like removed that feature. What the Legion weapon? Yeah, that just happened recently. Yeah, because like I I started my I did. I my was 100... all annoyed because like I just we we did we we played like I did like 50 episodes of Wander and Shell and of Legion, and I was like had this whole trajectory of building up my priests like weapons and shit yeah. like that, and then I was invested in that shit, and then they're like, eh. <laughs> over that it's only around for like a year but fuck it Which, yeah. yeah that was that was short that was short that our series started in like i wanted to it's like i want to say it was like december 2016 mm-hmm. and it's like it's only 2018 what the fuck there's a super short expansion and super short mechanic like light in the lifespan of like yeah. wow and shit like that like my i went i got my 110 character like i did the boost for the hunter so we mm-hmm. do the thing i went to go do legion content and i walked over to the thing it's like you can get a customized weapon i was like well, here comes the grind, and it's mm-hmm. like everything's already unlocked. You're fine. I was like, uh, mm. mm-hmm. what? And it's like, well, you can upgrade some of the stuff, but it's all unlocked already. You just need you just need uh, artifact points, and you can keep upgrading them. And I was like, yay! So I just have everything. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, but the legion things, like, I, what? Wh- you mean the, the the artifact points? So I just went out and I did four I'm quests. I, I'm glad I pressed the stupid buttons on their annoying app to send them on those like six hour missions over and over again yeah. for artifact points for like a long ass time just so them de- I, just delete the mechanic a year yeah. later anyway. I, I went, I was uh. playing on my own, uh, I was just live streaming myself playing and I went, I think I did like four missions, just four mm-hmm. isolated missions where I was just like, oh, I'm just going to try to get some fun things or whatever. I, I had a total of... Everything you did in that game would flood your inventory with, like, artifact point yeah, items that you had I, to consume and shit like that. I think in total, I walked away after... I think it was, like, five mission, four or five missions. I walked away with... I think it was f- 15 billion artifact points. Mm-hmm. And I was just, like... Click, 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 click. Just clicking to upgrade stuff. And there's, like, one button that's, like... It goes up every time, but it never stops going up. And I was, like how much artifact points do you You're need just how much you and, can get yeah and i'm sitting there and it's like eventually gets to a point where it's like uh because the whole the whole button its entire existence is like when you use one of your abilities you have a chance to start or do you have a chance to activate this uh boost to your agility for eight seconds and i just kept pressing it and the number keeps going and going and go and it's like to the point where like my my agility gets up to like ten thousand for eight seconds like I can just one shot things now. Like <laughs> if I, if this activates, it literally just negates a player because it's so fucking high. And I ran into that problem where I, I was fight, like a rogue showed up to PVP me. He didn't even do a move. 
Like he didn't even do a combo. He literally walked up to me and was like, one button, instant cat, like instant killed me. I was like, I, excuse me? How did, Why do I even have 500,000 hit points yeah, I was like, if what? I can be one shot? Yeah, and so, and so I, and the worst part too. The numbers too, are so out of control in that it's, game now. It's, Legion's just fucked. And so it, I was like, I sat there and I died by this guy seven times because I kept spawning and then I would, and he was a rogue. So he would just, he would go invisible, wait till I respond and then just stab me again, kill me. And I was oh. like. I wonder if Legion was just a bad expansion or something. Legion was a fucking mistake. Like, uh, I know that Marty like stopped playing WoW. Like he, had, like he hasn't played WoW for months now, aside from our random thing we do every now and yeah. then. And I'm like, you're a guild leader of a raiding guild, and we're in the first year and a half of an expansion being out, and you already quit WoW again. That's not a good sign. I quit. That's not a good sign for that expansion. My, I have a, I haven't on a different server. Uh, I have a hundred and ten because uh, you were a Legion player too, right? Yeah. At that point. And so when I bought Legion, I got my my hunter to a hundred and ten. I did all the Legion stuff like hardcore, farmed, did all that shit, and then it got to like all I had left to do was just get unlock flying in Legion, which I wait. I fucking did mm-hmm. my time. I waited until it was finally available to even unlock. It did my and, time. Yeah, because you it, like when a new expansion <laughs> comes out, they go like, you can't fly in the zone until we allow it. And I was like, why? And it's like because we want you to appreciate the landscape. And I'm like, I'm fucking not i i fucking hate legion landscapes because they're awful and it's like i actually do like i do like not being able to fly in in uh in uh in wow yeah say that until you go to fucking legion where all the goddamn landscapes don't make any fucking sense i played legion it's we awful it's, I, we beat every zone of legion i was there legion it happens. sucks <laughs> i hate legion like something landscape. that bothered me is when we were playing we got we got to my, for the first time ever i got to set foot in lich king's expansion yeah and that's when our series died so i never got to see the other stuff in between unfortunately oh uh because uh, what happened is legion was coming out we're like well let's go do legion we'll come back to these characters later i'm like i don't believe you and I'm like fine i finally got acquiesced and look lo and behold we never went back to our my worgen and shit like that yeah I'm like, damn it i never got to finish everything between i was good we all wanted to play everything that was between uh burning crusade and legion because i had stopped at burning crusade back in the day yeah uh but, like, we were in these mountainous, crazy areas in, like, the, one of the first zones of Lich King, which is hard to say because you can start in multiple locations and kind of fork across the map and shit. Yeah. But, like, it was a place with very vertical cliffs and, like, paths that go up the cliffs and you do, like, uh, you go in, like, these shacks that are on the cliff faces to shoot bombs at things and stuff like that. Oh. Like, it's that zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, that, that zone clearly has really specific avenues of how you're supposed to navigate it with mm-hmm. all these different, like, pathways and so on. And being able just to fly everywhere in it really just, like, makes it not a map. Uh, yeah. Like, it reminds me of how, like, uh, Nether Storm or whatever the fuck, the northern zone of Burning Crusade was just a bunch of rocks. Yeah. It was just a shapeless mass of blah where they just could spit any... Uh, did I say Legion or Burning Crusade? Burning Crusade. Uh, and it's in Burning Crusade, yeah. The, this is the purple zone. Yeah. That, it's just a face. You're talking blob. about Hellfire Peninsula area? Yeah, but the north chunk. Yeah. The nether whatever. Chunk. Yeah. Uh, it's just a bunch of caves and rocks and floating meteors. It's because mm-hmm. it, the nether destroyed fucked yeah, up place. Yeah. And flying encourage having flying in the game encourages all the maps to be like that one, where there's kind of it's just kind of just a circular blob where they just put stuff yeah they just put some quests down and like fuck it yeah we don't need layouts or pathways which is why they'll just fly everywhere which is why in draenor they started this like mythology of you can't fly until the patch or until the expansion's I, been I out for a while i think the flying license was already there all the way in lich king i think like right out the gate the first the, the moment they made a second expansion after burning crusade where they added flying they always had the flying yeah. license but uh, D- D- uh draenor and legion did not come with flying 
uh right in the beginning you had to, I think more specifically in the other expansions, you had to finish the expansion yes. more or less. Then you could get the license at the yeah, end. Yeah, you finish once you finish the main story of yeah. that expansion, you were given. Which access is also to how Burning Crusade Pits. worked in the first place. Is yeah. you got the ability to fly basically at level seventy. Yes, and so you had to oh, play. 60. You had to kind of play through it. No, sixty is when it started. Burning Crusade starts at sixty because the I... original game ended at sixty. Oh no, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Azeroth, you're allowed to fly at sixty. Right, right. Well, that's uh, well, that's. Azeroth, you couldn't fly on and in until Cataclysm. Yeah, but I meant so. Because the light you fly, you'd see all the unfinished shit, yeah. which actually is where I wanted to go with the previous thing where I was talking about like one of the fun things to do because you're so desperate for like options and like the ability to like feel like you're making your own choices or fucking around or something in in WoW. Yeah, is that one is like you do the you do the uh, you do the whirlwind axe exploit, mm-hmm. which is that the whirlwind axe is like a super mega powerful like level forty five weapon. But you get it like level 30, like the quest, and you cannot do that quest. Or you can get all your level 60 pals and they can just destroy the quest for you. And then you just have this impossibly powerful weapon. Yeah. And then you go into Battlegrounds as like level 29, with like level 45 weapon. And you're just like one-shotting everyone. And the game's just broken as shit. And it looks like you're fighting people with a can opener because <laughs> it's a dumb weapon. Uh like one of the and like similar stuff there was like you could uh you could leave the world in a couple of places like in the burning steps you could go to the east and there was just a chunk of land they never made on the map oh it was yeah. just a, it, you look at the map and there's just a circle of just that just wasn't a zone yeah and you could go there and it was just a weird it's like what thing where you see like a weird when you see an unfinished 3d model of a location where like it's mostly flat but there's weird little like jagged nightmare divots everywhere because it's just a weird mess and like you could you could wall jump and glitch your way into the caverns of time when it wasn't a thing you could go into yet. Like, the door was closed and the dragon was guarding it and shit because the yeah. whole expansion hadn't even happened yet. But you could glitch yourself into the tab- caverns of time by jumping on top of a bunch of weird textures you weren't supposed to jump onto. Then jump on top of the cave and there's a spot where you'd fall through the ceiling into the cave. And you could freely explore the entire caverns of time. And it was all there. Like, I mean, like, the uh, whole, like, cave full of portals place yeah. was really big. Oh, yeah. You could just explore all of that in, like, vanilla WoW. Like, non-expansion WoW. And just hang out and go check out these this weird theme park. It's like being able... It's like going to Disneyland when it's closed. It's a, yeah. it's a really weird look. And so that, that, that's, what I was, that's why I got excited when you showed me the mechanical pets. Yeah. Because we found out this thing with mechanical pets. And I'm going to segue into, of course, our troubles we've had. Uh... Andrew, because I, I I am playing as a hunter in our series right now, and I have a mechanical pet, and I'm a gnome, and I just kind of wanted to stick with that. But it's a stupid robot rabbit that you start you with. But Andrew showed me that there's there's like robot wolves and shit. I'm like, I want that. He looks dumb as shit. He's like a weird nightmare Zoid monster. Like he's not even wolf he is shaped. just literally Zoids. He's, yeah, he's fucking weird looking. And I'm like, I want that. Give me that. And we found that there's one in no, there's and there's a really specific exploit like the whirlwind axe to get it really early. Yeah, which is that you can go into Nomergon and it's supposed to be a level 100 only pet. So they have a bunch of buttons you can press in there, but you have to be a level 100 hunter to press the buttons to solve the puzzle in the first place to to wake him up so you can try to tame him. Uh, and so, but you can, but I found out via the internet that you can have like a level 30 hunter go in with the level 100 hunter, and the level 30 hunter can tame the pet. Instead of the level 100 hunter taming the pet. And then you just have a, for the whole campaign, you have this like pet that's supposed to be level 100 and you just have it way too early. And like, that's always fun to fuck with the game that way. Yeah. 
but we found out the hard way the game's got all these annoying ass uh, limitations because you boosted a character to 100 yes and you're gonna help me you were gonna help me do it and then you go into the instance and it says you can't do instances for 24 hours after boosting a character yes as like for some some contrived mechanic of like we don't want you to ruin other people's instance experience or something like that is must even be though you can't go to those instances anyways because why would you queue up when you're max level it's the weirdest dumbest shit and so like we found out we still haven't done it we're planning on doing it like tomorrow maybe yeah because like the game just won't let him into the instance because yeah. you, you can't play a boosted character which is great by the way because i ha- i boosted a hunter so i was like oh i want to i'm just gonna go get some hunter pets then while i wait and you're like not allowed to do I stuff as them either i can't go into any instance so like <laughs> all the instances where they have pets that i want to get because i i those are the pets i want it's ban- all like yeah you just, just have to arbitrarily wait for like 24 hours i i basically had to go to legion and i had to yeah. find equivalent characters because like i wanted a i wanted a strider like yeah. i wanted a a water strider because water striders pets give you the access to walk on water that's yeah. one of their passives and so i was like i want that so i went to go get a water strider in fucking uh hellfire peninsula and it's like oh it's inside of a it's inside of a dungeon and so i did all the work and i didn't realize it was in a dungeon i was just going through the the motion i just didn't think it was in a dungeon and i was like like I can't go in here. So, like, whoops. I had to go in Legion. I had to go find, Which, like, well, Yeah, when I was some... researching pets, a shocking number of them are in dungeons. And I'm like, yeah. isn't that the worst place to put them? Now that everyone, like, matchmakes into dungeons constantly? Like, no one wants to just deal with the one guy that stops to do a weird side quest in the middle of your matchmade dungeon experience. Mm. People are pretty generous about it. Especially, like, if the pets are, like, what if the pet's, like, attackable? well they're <laughs> like, all attackable like like a Every lot of these people attackable. will just attack that pet and kill it and then you won't get the pet <laughs> well i mean the idea is that uh theoretically you're hoping that you're with a group of people like your friends who will let you do that you like know? my one conceit that i'm hoping for is that friender is supposed to be like this unconscious thing that's just sitting there and you have to boot him up in the first place yeah so that means our, our, our whatever three jackasses we match make with probably can't kill it <laughs> I don't think anybody can. Although I think we don't have to match make anyway because no. we realize that the Nomergon doesn't scale up to your kit level. So you yeah. just one shot everything. I just one shot everything. It's weird that that's where they... That, 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 I'm, I'm surprised it doesn't just scale forever. Uh, I why, no. I wonder, it, I wonder why there's a cap. The, because you, it, it kicks you out at some point where it's like you you level beyond Nomergon because you don't need to go there anymore because there's new dungeons to go to. Yeah. So they, there's no reason for them to level like to scale up because but, why? No, well, that was... I find that weird because the whole point of the scaling world they added in the other patch was to make things scale to higher levels. Well, yeah, but again, but why would you do that for an but instance? They, but they just arbitrarily cut off. It's all content. There's no, re- but you there's no reason to scale some stuff and not other stuff. And it does there is, scale. Because there's no arbitra- quests. There's but even, no quests even, the, even the quests scale, but just arbitrarily only quests. Like, even the instances do scale, but they have weird arbitrary cutoff points where they stop scaling. Like every instance currently scales yeah but then they just decided but it only scales for some people sometimes to a certain range and then only that part i'm like why i thought the whole point of adding the scaling was to make it so that you could play all the content all the time but then they just cut it off well again because it's like how you can play like what all of azeroth in any order any configuration until you hit like level 65 or whatever and then you're like eh fuck it this whole continent's dead to me yeah but like why well no the the whole continent's not dead to you it's really weird world quests like no no the main game does not scale forever oh yeah i thought the main game everything nope every instance and every zone in azeroth right now 
it's all the most weird arbitrary shit where like it all scales but only for this part of the experience and i'm like why i get that why I, I get why you wouldn't want it to scale to the current expansions level range because then they just level through the current level range in like goldshire <laughs> and just go from level 100 to 110 yeah killing hogger and shit like that would be weird uh but i'm surprised it doesn't just i'm it's weird that it doesn't all go up to like right before that or something it's a bunch of weird arbitrary milestones where it's like you can't I mean, you can only play dead minds until you're level 45 uh it'd be crazy to play level 46 that's weird yeah like, i'm like why it's all a weird like grind treadmill i mean who gives i a think shit. i think the issue is just because there's nothing to do in an instance besides the instance mm-hmm. so like once you've once you've done that quest in that instance why the fuck would you ever go back it's not a good place to farm just go do them they're not. I mean, it's you, because could also, you could also do them for the first time at like level one, like 100 or whatever. Why would you be doing them at, for the first time at level 100? Because there's a lot of instances. And if you're just randoming through your instances, you'd be like, ah, well, yeah, but never you got can, it. Not, I got a, not, I never got around to RFC. You can specific do RFC. Yeah, but I'm saying there's so many instances that you can yeah. easily get to a high level and just have not done RFC or whatever. I guess. And there's no real reason to lock you out of it because sure they have all the scaling technology in the game already. Because you can make a new character, sucker, and go do it that way. How I don't understand how you're not acknowledging that it's just the most arbitrary shit. Because well, the whole WoW is just full of arbitrary shit. Like the whole game to, everything is. used to just have its level and that was it. Well, yeah. And then one day they decided, it scales now, but... We just made up weird boundaries I, for the scaling I mean, at I, random. I personally think the scaling is arbitrary itself. I don't want it to scale. I think I hate. I like the scaling makes it incredibly. You, you don't for like me. the scaling because you can't run through low level zones without being like yeah assaulted by random. Like, gar- I'm being enemies. attacked by fucking yeah. shit, and I'm like, you guys are weak garbage. Why are you attacking me? Yeah, just fuck off. And it's like suddenly everything now is not weak garbage. It's like, oh, you're under level sixty. Everyone will kill you, and it's like. <laughs> why get the fuck out no i don't but what, what happened to us is we were we were cut off by the fact that you couldn't enter the instance so we yes. just had to call off our plans which was already an, an ordeal because your boosted character had to play through the entire tutorial the zone for like an tutorial. hour or whatever yeah. like i'm just sitting there waiting and you're just sitting there grinding your way through this tutorial and then we find out you can't even go in but what was really incredible about this dumb detail that locks you out is that we saw horde players come in and it was a, it was like a low level hunter and a level one hundred hunter came in and they got stuck at the portal and had to go and, and then leave and give up. Yeah, they ran into the, they were there for the exact same reason we were to get the exact same pet via boosting and shit, and then also had to turn away because they were in clearly like the way that they had to like leave clearly showed that they were in the same twenty four hour limit. Yeah, and they were learning about it for the first time too, just showing how dumb it was. Yeah, like nothing shows how stupid and, and universal and annoying that particular feature is that like seeing somebody else immediately run into it right next to you yeah. and you're just like why is it like this yeah <laughs> like, it's just gonna keep like ruining people's evenings it's, over and over again it's weird i will say i'm like i am looking forward to being able to turn off pvp because legion has taught me pvp is like a cancer because yeah. uh, pvp if, is all right when you're at least level range with each other i but it's no it's but legion really, it's really awful legion when, weapons break the whole fucking thing because oh because they're overpowered they're all over well, they're gonna be gone though yeah, but they're not right now. Yeah. So I'm trying to do a fucking quest to get overpowered, and then someone can just walk up and one shot me, and it's like, <laughs> can I just turn this off? I just, I can I can I play the game, and then it punish like you said, it punishes you for being weaker. And I was like, I yeah, I what yeah, the fuck? If you get like, yeah, the thing where if, if you get spawn camped, but in this game, yeah, because in WoW when you die, you can only respawn by going back to your corpse as a ghost. No, or with, you can talk to the ghost uh, we'll and to, take a ten yeah, percent fucking damage. 
Sorry, but like you can yeah. you can run around with like the best you can do is run around with like a, in like a thirty meter radius or something like that of your corpse's location and yeah. respawn somewhere in there, and then that's the best you can do at trying to run away is to try to juke them by like kind of spawning in a weird yeah. spot within your corpse's radius. Also, you spawn with no health. Yeah, you spawn. You always respawn you spawn with already like, hurt, and you're also dealing with a guy who already beat you anyway. Yeah, and they can just keep killing you over and over. Who again. already beat you at full health, and now you're like yeah. even less. <laughs> they can keep killing you over and over again, and every time you die, your respawn timer gets longer. Yes, to punish you as if you're doing. Yeah, something as if you're wrong. the bad person. To the point where when like, I was playing with Nick and Marty, Marty had like a three minute spawn timer from being just constantly ganked by like a, a mage or whatever that would just one shot him instantly because mm-hmm. we were in northern stranglethorn and we're at the camp up there and the only way to leave is through the choke point in the road is the only way to leave that camp so they could just stand there and just be like tab one tab one and just instantly kill you the moment you spawn anywhere within their attack range and yep. then you are back to running to your body respawning again after waiting for the spawn timer to be over which gets longer every time yeah just so you can keep trying to spawn 30 meters further down the road until they don't notice you once and you can escape and it's a nightmare and yeah the other the other the other penalty is you can respawn at the ghost and she damages your equipment and she gives you uh, a resurrection sickness which reduces like I don't know if it's still the same way now, but at the, uh, back in the day, it was like they reduced all of your stats by 90%. Yes. For like 10 uh, minutes. So your your punishment for resurrecting at the graveyard was that your character was unplayable for like 10 minutes straight, which yeah. I still don't even know why. I don't even know what mechanical reason you have for penalizing people for responding at the I graveyard in the first know. place. Yeah. They thought that you'd be like using speedrun strats to like get around a few mobs to go leave like, i guess so i don't even know but what behavior they're punishing i think like that's the problem i think the the resurrection system is it's specifically meant for pve it's yeah. meant to punish you for trying to do something you're not supposed to do clearly which is but like it just completely ignores but, when you're getting killed by a player but when you're getting or killed, by a player, killed by a level 110 player when you're level 30 yeah and they're they're one-shotting you for numbers that don't even make sense yes like you're like i have five thousand hit points and he hit me for 2.5 million yeah what the fuck <laughs> and, and the worst part too is like I, you know how you fix this system you can to make it so it works in pve but it's still, it still, but it makes, it, or it works in PvP and PvE. Yeah. When you respawn, you have an invulnerability timer. But only to PvP players. So enemies, mobs, can still attack yep. you. Fine. I can get away from a mob. But I cannot fucking run from an asshole who can no. do 2.5 million damage with one button press. I mean, more than anything, it's like, just like, it's, PvP is fun in the context of like, Oh man, we're in like the Hillsbrad foothills or wherever the fuck, and there's a rival faction of yeah. people our level that are also trying to quest here, and we got to deal with each other. Oh yeah, man. But it's broken the moment you're like, I'm level thirty and they're level five hundred, and why is this even allowed? And they're just like they're killing you with their brains. <laughs> yeah, it's. I remember like I remember some fun PvP moments. Like yeah. me and me and Celo used to do so much ganking to people in Hellfire Peninsula. We would both get on because uh, I, I would play. I, I forget. He, I think he played Paladin. I would, he was playing Paladin. I would play Hunter. Hunter has a gimmick or has a, a broke. I don't know if they fixed it ever. But if you're on a mount and you and you dismount. You can shoot on your way down. You can shoot on your way down, which will knock them off their mount. And they <laughs> yeah, will I actually remember that. But the gimmick is, as a hunter, if you disengage before you hit the ground, it nullifies fall damage. Mm-hmm. So I would fall to the ground. You shoot dis- people yeah, off of shoot their... Shoot people off their mounts as they're falling, which you can't, you can't remount while falling. Mm-hmm. So as they're falling down, the moment they hit the ground, then Sila would just stun them. And I would disengage and then just volley them until they were dead. 
And it was the best because you would see horde people do that. They would specifically fly into the sky and go AFK because they're like, oh, I'm going to go eat food or my mom called me or something. And you just get in the air and you're like, boop. And it's that dead. Just gone. It sure was a lot safer to AFK as a rogue. Yeah. That was always a rogue. And I could just (laughs) enter stealth mode. And that that's a catch all AFK thing where like you're not really going to get caught unless somebody walks directly into you. Or. And there's a lot of area in the game. There was a. We did that. uh, I used to do that. That's also why I like hunters because you can find rogues that are being dickholes because you have flair. So I would do but even that. Then you have to know to look for them. No, yeah. So like but, you're still like you're safe from the randos when you're a rogue. Yeah. You well, just, you can just go stealth in any random place, and they'll only find you. They literally step on you. Yeah. Well, when Legion came out, we started doing the. Uh, we would like we got our characters at max level, and then we would go to lower level areas. And what we would do is like I would first light a flare, throw mm-hmm. it into a low level, you know, village, and so it would light up if there was anybody trying to AFK or anything like that. We just walk through, destroy the village, and. Kill everybody inside. Suppose and... you play as a hunter in both WoW and Realm Royale. Yeah, hunter's the best you class. Just really like flares and rolling. I uh, <laughs> I just really like. Well, hunters are great because well, hunters are great because I can play the game alone as a hunter. I don't need anybody else because I can get a pet. It can be a tank. I can do everything I need to do. I think I always disliked hunters because it's my brother's class. Oh, I just the only and, thing that sucks. I'm still is... convinced he picked it just despite me being a rogue. <laughs> Because like, PvPing against him in, at least like back in vanilla or whatever, was like impossible. Yeah, oh, he not would, anymore. Like back in the day, he would just sit on his frost trap and just wait and flare at random to see if he could find me. Yeah. And I couldn't do anything to him because the moment I got anywhere near him, I would just be, I would just be frosted. And then yeah. he has complete control over the fight from that point on because he can like dot and slow me and then I can't stealth and I can't escape. Yeah. And I was a human, so I didn't even have like some of the other racial tricks. And it was like... I could destroy so many different ra- uh, different classes in that game, but Hunter, especially with him, I was just like, none of the tools exist. Like, yeah, they, they fix that now. You didn't um, have any cool throws or teleports or any of that stuff. Because uh, they have, they added a thing for PvP where you get, uh, you have a skill that you can press a button and it removes all impairing effects mm-hmm. uh, during PvP. Uh, it has like, you know, like a 10 minute cooldown or whatever, but it's the idea that you could be running through like I did where I was, uh, I was doing some of my Legion quests and, a, and I was taking an elevator and some, a horde guy just jumps down and starts fighting me. Like he just basically jumps down, stun locks me. And so as the elevator's moving, I, I, I take off the, uh, impairing effects and I jump onto a ledge, uh, outside of the elevator. So the elevator keeps going down. I'm standing on the ledge and the moment he goes down, all the enemies start like, attacking him Mm -hmm. and so as the elevator is going back up and he's just sitting there i just see him go back up and i just jump down you know to the bottom of the elevator and just run out of a different door just go to a different elevator for me it was like the weirdest thing being a rogue that had stealth and lockpick and poison and all these other weird tricks but we didn't have disarm trap Oh, yeah. Like, why can't you sneak up behind the hunter that has the obvious trap you can see and, like, disarm their trap like rogues do in every other game? I think you can do that now, can't you? Yeah, but it wasn't there. It definitely was not. It It was not. It's probably true now, but at the time, you did not have It was not vanilla. Yeah, Yeah, and it was, like, it was a weird omission to not have the ability to disarm a trap. I think it was because if you... Yeah, I think it was because hunters existed to be counters to rogues, because otherwise it's, like, impossible. And and that would, like, ruin them. Rogues are broken. Although still all of all of their dots and other shit that they had would still fuck up the rogues, even if you could disarm their trap when you knew it was where it was. Yeah. Because that's still... still, No, you could still stunlock a hunter easily. You can, but they have a pet. 
and they're annoying. I don't know. I have not PvP'd for like 12 years. Honestly, I'm, out of, I'm really out of touch pets, at this point. Like, rogues now don't do anything. They don't, I mean, you don't, you don't go near a rogue. Rogue will just fuck you up. Because especially, like, hunters cannot PvP against any class. It's just, their hunters are literally <laughs> worthless. Um, because, like, and your pets can't do anything. Because your pets can be rooted. Uh, they can be mostly one shot for the most part because your pets don't have nearly as much life you do, and so which is like, weird. That's like a that's a flip. Yeah, you, you used to be this this shitty squishy class that had this tank pet running around with yes, you. Yes, that's why I liked hunters. That was the point of hunters, basically. Yeah. But then they yeah they definitely swapped I, it. I'm, can you wear plate now as hunters? I no. would expect that. I would expect them just be like fuck which, it. They have plate now. Classes don't mean anything. Nope. And and rogues can use axes. Fuck it. Nothing makes sense anymore. It's yeah. I'm, no. I'm still mad about that. It's nothing I'm still ridiculous. Mad about rogues using guns and axes. I mean, they don't. Not in Legion. They don't. They're anymore. Supposed to be rogues. And they, rogues, they use uh, little blades. But they had they had axes as a as a weapon class. Did they? Yeah. Oh, which uh, for me it was like it was already weird to be like a combat rogue that uses swords. But then there was like there was maces and there was axes and there was all these weird like not roguey abilities. Mm-hmm. And they had a and yeah they made an entire build that specializes in shooting people with guns. And I'm like very stealthy these 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 buccaneer rogues. <laughs> these, I mean most people don't pick life for me rogues. Most people don't pick those shitty. Uh, <laughs> uh, what whatever they call them traits yeah talents talents i mean they only just added that one like this last expansion yeah it didn't exist until legion yeah so it's like most people don't pick those ones it's much it's like the the idea is like for pvp you're not even supposed to be a beast master for hunter you have to be uh a survivalist because survivalist is uh is uh melee mm-hmm. which is defeats the purpose what? of hunters yeah why am i a yeah. melee hunter and it's not like melee is in like oh I, I guess i stab it's a, people it's exactly it's like, like a pull I, arm it's exactly when i went through like 70 levels of leveling as a rogue being this like stealthing stun locking fun thing adventure and then the moment i get into rating it's like oh it's about stacking bleeds and poisons and slice and dice yep so like all you do all this like stun locking and stealthing and fun cool shit for 70 levels just to earn the right to raid where you stand still mostly and you just generate combo points so that you can stack slice and dice because having faster attacks is the number one thing that increases your dps and then you just stack your you have dead at the time at least you'd have like deadly poison and garrote and rupture and like you were just stacking all of your bleeds because they would do larger damage over time than any of your crits and big fun attacks would ever do yeah and they would do consistent dps and not spiky stuff which meant that you didn't pull aggro yep which meant you would be able to do consistent damage non-stop the whole fight and you said say goodbye to all your stuns because nothing in raids can be stunned and stealth is pointless because you can't one uh, one person anything yeah and it's like oh cool my class is like the antithesis of this entire concept of end game yeah. And like I think that's kind of why I gave up after one expansion of WoW is because I was like, my favorite class isn't even the same class when you hit rating because it's the like it's, it's yeah it's, it's, it's the antithesis of I the mean, premise of the class is the entire concept of rating in, in yeah. the first place. Well, rating oh god, rating as a hunter is like just as boring. Where it's you <laughs> you just stand in one position. And you're like one two three four five six one two three four five six one two three four five six and you start like yeah, doing I, it I, faster. I, I at least had like a rhythm to it, which is kind of nice. Is yeah. that I was I was managing things. Yeah, like my interface in rating was to have a giant thing on the screen that showed me the the 
the time left on all of my dots. Oh, so I, yeah. And and also my slice and dice. So I knew which one was the next priority to keep up at any given time. So you're juggling these things, basically. Yeah. And trying to keep them up. It's like, uh, oh, God, I had like an analog for that kind of thing. But it's hard to think of what. It... Wait, was that, is that how Twisted Fate worked in LOL? Mm. Were you like stacking? No, actually, no. Uh, for people that watched the monster, the Monster Hunter series, I did. It's a lot like playing the uh, the the Insect Glaive, which you played Monster Hunter on the 3DS, right? Mm-hmm. Was the Insect Glaive in that too? Because they had all the, they had the huge grave weapons. Did you really learn what they were? Or did you just pick like one you liked? Just and pick go one with it? I liked and went yeah. with it. Well, there was the Insect Glaive. Was this one where you 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 have a you have a uh, you have a staff? Okay. Yeah, like you're being whoopity whoopity with your staff weapon and everything. But you also additionally have a customizable insect creature that comes with you. Because Monster Hunter weapons are crazy. Okay. Each, each one of them is like playing a different character in itself, even though it's just a weapon you swap in and out of. And what would happen is you would target the insect at different parts of the monster's body, and it would change one of three different colors based on the essence it gets from the monster when it attacks it. All right. Then you can consume that to give yourself a, bo- a, bo- a boost on your character. Like increased attack damage, increased attack speed, That's and like increased some ridiculous defense. metagaming going on. And each on. one of those effects lasts X amount of time, and then you have to, and then you have to like try to keep them up so that you're in your in your peak fighting form. Yeah, and you're juggling all those. Same thing happens with the Warhorn in Monster Hunter, which you probably noticed because yeah. you probably saw other people using it on you to help you and shit yeah. like that. Is the Warhorn usually has like three different buffs, and you play the song by doing a specific attack combination to make the Warhorn buff happen. And then you, and each of them has a timer before they run out, and you, and you're juggling the three of those. And like people were surprised that, like people seem to be surprised how well I took to those things. But I took well, I took to them so quickly because I raided as a rogue for like a year, <laughs> where I did the exact same thing, yeah. with juggling my slice and dice and my rupture and my Dudley poison and like all my different yeah. my different damage over time things I had to do to keep top of the DPS, which I did always. I was top DPS of my entire guild and the leader of the of the rogue class in two separate guilds because I switched guilds and it was still true. <laughs> and I was I had that shit down like yeah. I had a DPS as a rogue and boy does it get old eventually and boy yeah. is it not the experience you wanted when you played through a rogue for 70, uh, 70 levels up until then of being a stealthy like like rapscallion <laughs> i had the opposite effect like i was uh hunter became more enjoyable when i became better at doing dps mm-hmm. because then i i literally didn't need people anymore like i became so efficient that my pet just needed to hold aggro while i just killed it incessantly <laughs> so it was like i would just have a bunch of pets that were tanks and i would never own any dps pets because then it was like i could just summon a dp or a tank and if it died Summon a new one. Go out there. Summon a new one. Go out there. And then, you know, like after the ma- the fight's over, eh, resurrect all of them and then just restart. And <laughs> I, and so like that's that's the system I, f- I went through and it was fantastic. But like now it's like they're your Marvel versus Capcom party. Yeah, basically. It's you, you got just, your three characters you're you, sending out, yeah, you and, you're, out. And, like, and then assist trophies and whatever the hell. Yeah, but I'm sitting in there doing like crazy, you know, like combos and all this kind of like dots and all this stuff. But no one's t- bothering me and i love it because i can just be my class whereas like i play warlock that we're doing as a group i fucking hate warlock <laughs> it is awful because i'm sitting there i'm like you joined our group and we're instantly killing all these things and your warlock has to like cast his yes. spells but the shit's just dying but i like i can't I'm even... just like serpent strike and shit like that and like we have we yeah. have like, instant attacks it's like i don't even know it's a warrior and a monk 
and a hunter, which are all instant attack classes. And then yeah. you show somebody has to like do a casting time where he does the wobbly hands. I think I'm like and I, a meter charges up. I'm like contemplating just grinding a new character, grinding a new character. I'm already mad after one I, session. I might just make like a rogue because like it's the only class that I yeah. can do that is not going to be useless. Because like I can't even I can't even do fucking instances. Because you're all going to just kill everything instantly. And it's like, and, and especially Hunter. You'll get, you'll get to come join in on the fight during the boss fights. <laughs> which is great. Which are a whole 30 seconds long in Modern WoW. Yeah. Well, the problem, too, is like Warlocks are also really powerful for single targets. So the moment we're fighting a boss, it's like all this damage doing instantly. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, now the only fight I get to do is pretty much over. And Yay! Why did I even show up? I was too efficient, and I ruined it. Yeah, (laughs) and it's like, I have my DPS meter, so it's telling me, like, you're fucking up, these are the moves you need to do. Like, I have all these things that, like, ensure that I'm never falling behind, which ensures that I never play the game. Because, like, Warlock is either a class where you're too slow to kill anything, or you're too fast. And it's like... I never anticipated we would talk about WoW this long, but here we are. Okay. Well, we let's, should probably do questions. Yes, let's do questions. Uh, oh, God. We're already an hour and 40 minutes in. All right. 20 minutes of questions. All right. I'm going to try to make us only do 22 hours for once because we keep eating into the rest of the day with us. Yeah. So, uh, this is by from Mona. It is, uh, do you know about the state of... Uh, oh, this is the Black Ops question. Yeah, Black Ops 4 and how it seems to be a complete mess. And if you do, what are your thoughts on it? Blah. There's actually a, a racific video about this now. Is there? Which kind of just made all my points for me, really. But uh, it's just... It's, it's, it's interesting seeing... Thinking that there's a certain way people thought and then realizing it's not true. What do you mean? Because uh, I, I told you... I, we had this conversation a little while ago, I think. But like... I was listening to all these different podcasts and talking to all these different people about Call of Duty back when, like, Modern Warfare 2 came out, when there was, like, like some, there was, like, sort of a controversy about it being beatable in, like, only four hours. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the really short one out of yeah. all the campaigns. I think it was Modern Warfare 2 specifically, but I'm not entirely sure. There's so many of them now. doesn't matter. There's so many of them now. And one of the ongoing things was, like, people were saying, like, you know, everyone just plays the multiplayer of this game anyway, and that's what all the time goes into, and that's what the the product model the profit model of this franchise is and that's what they sell the season pass for and that's what everything is like would it really be a problem they just made a call of duty game that was just a multiplayer and no campaign and 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 so many people were like yeah that makes perfect sense and since then we've had rainbow six siege and overwatch yeah and at the time team fortress 2 was already a thing titanfall and like specifically uh specifically like titanfall and uh and Overwatch and Rainbow Six Siege all launched as like sixty dollars games. Yeah, at, with uh, with their like uh, we are just a multiplayer game and that's it. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was always fine because like even at back in the day you had like you had Turok Rage Wars. You had like, yeah. There was like I think there was some versions of Quake or Doom or whatever. Not Doom, uh, but there I think there was arena shooters back in the day where the multiplayer was the only feature. Quake Arena. Yeah, and like was Tribes or something. I don't. I, I, I don't know which one specifically, but there was definitely old school shooters that were just arena shooters and didn't really have any meaningful campaign. Yeah. Or if they did, the meaningful campaign, the campaign is, well, meaningful is the word here, because if there was a campaign, it was often literally just you were playing the multiplayer mats against bots in order. 
So yeah. like it was it was like a campaign the way Mortal Kombat had a campaign when you're playing it in the arcade. That's and what they, uh, you fought every other character. Turok Rage character. Wars did, but yeah. the only reason the campaign existed was to unlock characters. Yeah, it, it, those those games campaigns were usually the equivalent that's of a, like a fighting games campaign, that's which, a which is play. you just play the existing maps against the existing players to unlock more characters. Yeah, what's a let's play Turok Rage Wars? Oh yeah, we did. The, it was a uh, Marty versus Carissa, and they yeah. couldn't even figure out the ba- the basic controls. I'm saying like we could do a let's play of that because boy, are there a lot of characters. To I grew up playing Turok Rage Wars. I it's did too. A dumb, silly, fun game. I've got it for the it has 64. A, it has the Emancipator, one of the coolest, weirdest guns <laughs> ever, which is they would shrink people until they were like yeah. out of stuff, or you could turn it into its reverse setting and which bloat them, them until they expl- <laughs> until they yeah. pop. And it's like, what a weird fucking thing in this. Also, game. they had. Really dumb characters you could pick. Yeah. Uh, one of the characters is literally a swarm of flies. Yep. And the other one's a velociraptor. It's it's a real weird game. I had like yeah. I, I had like every character too, and I played the shit out of that game. Yeah. I remember I had, had on the sixty four. God, I remember I had the fucking swarm of flies, and no one knew what to do about it mm-hmm. because like as a swarm of flies, you don't get a weapon. You're not allowed to have a gun. You just kind of weirdly you like like bite people. You just bite people. You yeah. just go on top of them. <laughs> but the problem is like. <laughs> people would use the emancipator and you would like try to shrink the swarm of flies but if the swarm of flies moved at all while shrunken you're fucked mm-hmm. because you'll never find that small little batch of flies and they're just <laughs> the hitting you fly that's alive yeah there somewhere and they're just hitting yeah. you and you're like oh yeah oh you're right one of the not even a raptor one of the characters you play as was like one of those little like chompers from the beginning of jurassic park yeah. 2 it was like a micro dinosaur it was like, a comfy, and it yeah. died, like it would die in one hit i think but yeah it was just a weird mega fast cool little fun thing to play as yeah you could there's just a lot of fucking around to do in that game so for, i've been totally open for all this time for the idea of multiplayer only shooters where that's just the whole game yeah because if that's what you want to make then that's what you want to make and just fucking go for it like I am somebody who prefers the single player parts of shooters. I'll be, like I like playing the or even co-op shooters. Like I like playing Perfect Dark or Halo, Halo yeah. in a local multiplayer. Oh, setting. I do too. That's my favorite thing. But but I, I recognize I'm not the target audience of these multiplayer shooters yeah. because I've literally not been playing them at all. Yeah. But I've also like given up on playing Call of Duty for its single player campaign like a decade ago. Like, yeah. I have not been engaging with so this you're, franchise you're, since Modern Warfare. You're not a target audience for any. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm, like, I'm like an outsider and but like. I heard so many long conversations about how all these other people were cool with the idea of Call of Duty just dropping its its campaign to focus on even more or better or larger scale multiplayer. Yeah. You know, like more features, more maps, just go all in like Overwatch does and so on. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I was real, real surprised by people being mad. But I also, but I'm clearly just not in the target audience and just don't know what's going on with this community anyway. Because I was also like, I saw the trailer for uh, Infinite Warfare. I'm like, oh shit, look, it's the coolest looking Call of Duty game ever made. <laughs> and then I look at the dislike meter. I'm like, oh, and everyone's like, it's the most disliked trailer in the history of YouTube since Ghostbusters or whatever the fuck. Like, I, th- I think it was it with the most disliked video yeah. ever or something. I think so, yeah. And I'm like. It looks fucking rad. <laughs> I, I look at Infinite Warfare. I'm like, maybe I'll play that one because for the first time, I'm like that looks cool, and that's what people are mad about. So I don't understand the Call of Duty community. Uh, they, the Call of Duty community saw the zombie mode from World at War, which was garbage, and was like, I love this. Yeah, Make more of it. And I'm like, now it's a whole ecosystem of zombie players. I'm like, I don't understand this audience. The children, I, 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 just, Keith, I just don't understand them. I don't, know what children, they, I don't know what they want. They don't care about quality. They care about like longevity. So to actually explain the controversy, uh, they're dropping the campaign of, of Black Ops 4. Are which, they? Yeah. Black Ops 4 is not going to have a campaign. Oh, no. Instead, it's going to have a battle royale mode. 
So in addition to having its multiplayer mode, the standard feature that everyone actually plays these games for, it's also going to have a battle royale mode. Which you can the, also will be play. the one that everyone will play and not the multiplayer, which will piss off the multiplayer fans because eh, they don't like nah, the battle. Eh. Call of Duty has such a giant plant fan base that they'll both be played. Like, you don't have to worry about, like, I can't find players for this. It's Call of Duty. Like, neither of them is going to kill the other one. Uh, You'd be surprised. I, I don't think that's a thing. It's like in Halo, even when overall the ecosystem for audiences was smaller, you could play every single playlist in Halo and you'd always find a match. And that was mm. when and that was when the overall population was smaller back then. Yeah, and but even then it was it, just if you were playing the popular shooter of the time, like you could play all the different playlists and have fun and you'd find matches. Depends. Now, it it will become a problem like so if they're if they're scummy about it, I'll, I'll land on scummy. If they're scummy about it and make the Battle Royale part a paid product, like you have to buy the base game to get the Battle Royale. Uh, oh, I'm sure you do. If you have to. I'm sure you have to buy Call of Duty 4. It's going to be the opposite. That's what you where, get is you play the, and you play whatever mode. Where I think it's going to be a problem where no one's playing Battle Royale because no one's going to pay $60 for Battle Royale. No one's going to do that. No, but they'll play so, $60 for Call of Duty like they have been every yeah, year. But and then they'll play Battle Royale because it's there. Well, I'm saying I don't Just think... Just like they play zombies. I don't it's think like they never be, have to make zombies free or something. I don't think they'll find 100 people to play fucking Battle Royale. I, th I think they will. That's I that's. Think so. a, I think that's an unrealistic interpretation of how I don't, many people play Call of Duty. I mean, it just... Well, no, I'm saying I think Fortnite and, and PUBG are doing enough of a job to keep that Call of Duty market slim. Because, like, who's going to want... Why would you pay $60 for this fucking multiplayer shooter when you can just keep playing the Fortnite? I, I, I think the Your more, friends aren't going to buy Call of Duty. I think the more reasonable argument you could make is the idea that they won't necessarily grow the way that they, they might think they will by having a uh, battle royale. That, tr that too, yeah. If anything... But I think it will... I think it will probably achieve its intended goal, which is they already have Call of Duty players and they have this scary new market the demand of this battle royale... So they could probably they might be able to hold on to their battle their Call of Duty players by just adding battle royale to their game, we'll and then see. people don't have to look outward outwards for it to other games. Who knows? Uh, I'm, I'm for me, I'm just like it's whatever. It's a feature in a shooter, and it's a really straightforward feature to add to a shooter. And that it's already you already made a whole game where you run around and shoot people. All you have to do is add like a larger map to run around in and larger player yeah. cap. I'm like, it's a really intuitive feature to add to your game. Yeah. And, I, I've, and I've already explained already why I've been open to the idea of not having campaigns. Yeah. My complaint here, what I think's weird, is that it's Black Ops 4. Okay. Just make up a new thing. Call why? of Duty, whatever the fuck. I don't... I, well, like... People want a Black Ops 4, so you have to give them a Black Ops 4. That's what I, what I find weird about it. I also find it weird that like they're... I thought they were going to do like trilogies or something, so that's also weird to me. No. Like that, like, oh, Call of Duty 1 through 3, then Modern Warfare 1 through 3, Black Ops 1 through 3. I'm like, okay, so they're doing like a trilogy thing, sure. But like, they're doing a sequel that doesn't have story, and then they're calling it Black Ops 4, and I'm like, but it's not a sequel because there's no story to sequelize? It's like, Turok Rage Wars was Turok Rage Wars. Like just call it whatever. Yeah. And if you make a and if you if you establish a subtitle that is the non-campaign subtitle, then you could make sequels to that. Because sure, you can make an Overwatch two if you want to. Yeah. And but, but like making it a sequel to the story series is weird when it doesn't have the story. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I it's hard because I don't have any. I have no investment, no stake. No. Yeah, I have, I have any, no investment. I, I just don't understand why you'd make a why why you frame it as a sequel to the story subtitle specifically. When it doesn't have the story. I don't even know why people keep buying it. 
But I was I was annoyed when they even made a Black Ops two because I'm like, wait, we're I thought they were just gonna do like like I thought, I thought from that point on like that that company was just gonna keep making like Call of Duty bleh like a standalone they, every and they time. Make up like here's the setting and here's the characters and then they're like sequel but it's in a different decade and i'm like what does black ops mean even then i'm like and i'm and i think i remember like blowing up fleets and shit like that i'm like this is black ops yeah (laughs) this is super plausible deniability which is what the black ops means basically is that it's a secret covert op that the president doesn't know about and shit like that and it's like this is not no it's it's call of duty military word and then number yeah like it's really annoying that black ops is supposed to be like these like they're supposed to be unofficial missions and i'm like I think we're doing like massive catastrophic explosions and like outright war. And I'm like, that's it's, not what those words mean. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, like I said, I've not, I've never been really heavily invested in that since modern warfare two. So yeah. like once modern warfare two came and went, I was like, you know, it'd be really fun if we just stop making call of duty forever. Yeah. And then, I, was, I was just generally over it because every call of duty campaign becomes like a sludge. Yes. And I can't just, even, I can't tell you what happens to one or the other. And people argue that, like, there's more to it. Like, yeah, like, the zombies are great. And it's like, like I've I don't... already lost which one had the dog. Like, it, there was a dog one. Yeah. There was one where I was a spaceman that blew up. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one where I was... That was Modern Warfare 3. There was another I one think. where I shot people in space, but it wasn't the Infinity one. No, that, yeah, that was Modern Warfare 3, I want to say. But there was the other one where you just Modern a spaceman for, for five seconds who's not a soldier. You're just a random spaceman. And then you blow up. And that's the whole chapter. There's one where you do a super linear stealth section where you have to assassinate people from behind, but all you can do is walk in a straight line towards them and you have no other controls. <laughs> so it's like a pretend stealth section, but it's really a quick time event. I don't remember. There's one where, you f- where you're where you swimming in a coral reef. There's one where California falls apart. There's one where you're a sniper covered in... You're you're all gillied up. It, it doesn't matter at this point. You're just gonna put. You're just gonna keep saying things, and things don't matter. Yeah, like, you're just, saying like it's a bunch of random missions yeah. I can't piece together. You, it, you can put all. them in any fucking Call of Duty I game. Can't. It doesn't matter. Like yeah. it'll just all convert into one. But I don't. Yeah, I don't. I feel like if anyone wants a D, uh, Call of Duty campaign, I can't help but think like surely they've, surely they have had their fill by now. <laughs> there's no. like fourteen of them. I mean, <laughs> there's so many. There's almost as many. There's, there's almost as many Call of Duty campaigns as there are like Final Fantasies. I mean, the Zombies game has a campaign, so clearly people are just uh, lunatics. Um, uh, what's happening? Uh, Oops, I did not mean to do that. Yeah, go find but, another thing. Yeah. So here's another question. But the real answer is I'm an outsider and I'm not invested, but I just find it weird to hear like, to have heard the narrative of people not caring about losing the campaign but then that being the controversy when that when it does happen i'm like oh okay i don't understand audiences i guess yeah but also i, I don't, don't care because it's call of duty i just don't i don't really think more about it besides someone telling me there's a new call of duty game and i just forget they also i also had a conversation with nick and a few other people where they're like mad that their 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 cherished blizzard launcher has been inflicted upon by like call of duty and like call we can't have call of duty in it they have all these scummy business practices or whatever and i'm like have you seen overwatch <laughs> have you seen overwatch or most modern blizzard stuff because i'm like y'all's y'all y'all's garden's been poisoned for years now mm. I wouldn't. I, I saw I into the fucking abyss when you started showing me all the weird Twitch integration nonsense and the weird loops of loot boxes within Twitch, within Overwatch, within Twitch of all the shit that's happening. I'm like, oh, oh this is the yeah. darkness of soul. Like this is like, I, like Blizzard I, is so far gone on weird, like horrible business practices of trying to s- just suck more money out of you after you already paid sixty dollars for their game. I mean, there's there's a lot of 
clear there's a lot of clear activision touches that go mm-hmm. in there that are very nice and uh very that's, what, that's why I, that's when i say that the garden's uh, already poisoned oh yeah like this but whole merge that happened I don't is think... so long ago that pe- like watching the blizzard fanboys that have been just like accepting all of blizzard's bullshit like and didn't start thinking the po- the garden was poisoned the moment Diablo 3 action house happened which was a, a long time ago like 2012 yeah it was like six years ago uh the people who have somehow gotten this far which i, I was in a whole room of them because uh, i'm a lot of marty's friends are like super mega like blizzard fanboys and like all of the games they play are from the blizzard launcher all the time basically and okay. they're just in that ecosystem yeah that's what i do and it's like the people i don't the people that like have not have like not cottoned on at all to how all, all the shit that blizzard pulls but the moment call of duty shows up now it's like a bad thing's happening it's like no no man. those are those are the same kind of people in that fact, are... as far as i can tell blizzard does worse shit than than, than activision yeah. pulls in call of duty no uh absolutely not um I, I i mean what game specifically would you be talking about overwatch mainly how how not what what is the how is their stuff different what is what does Overwatch do that's worse than anything? Just like, the nonstop loot boxes that people act like is a problem in every other game except for theirs, and the several other ways they try to get money out of you via these different systems and the Twitch integration. Is the getting the money out of you thing the bad thing? Yeah. So every game is a bad thing. I'm talking about like the several ways that people try to get money out of you after you buy the game. Like, in, okay. like it's like how Blizzard, it's like how World of Warcraft is a thing. Well, I'm just, you, I'm, you I'm pay curious. Like Forty dollars in... for the expansion, and you pay twelve, fifteen dollars a month. But then they also still try to get you like out of things that you admit to spending money on, where you're talking about like boosting a character or, or buying mounts and all these other things, where they just yeah. keep sucking more money out of you. Yeah, I mean, uh, like we, there was this giant loot that's, box I, controversy about. I like, think there's a difference between what is there's a difference between a game. Uh, there's a there's there's between a game um allowing you the option to spend money like a lunatic versus a game egging you on to spend money like a lunatic because like take Overwatch for instance there is no incentive to spend money there's literally none unless just, just putting it in front of you is already incentive yeah but it's not evil it's not inherently it's like, evil it's like the experience but, of like every time you play Fortnite and you play any match. And then immediately afterwards, it's like, here's your, here's your like chest opening marathon, and here's all your llamas to hit, and like it's just hitting, it's putting the RNG in your face constantly. That's not the, that's not the Fortnite battle royale part. No, I'm talking, I'm talking yeah, about Fortnite. Fortnite. Yeah, like Fortnite, 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 the one yeah. we've agreed is bad. Oh yeah, like that nightmare. Oh yeah, I hate and, like, that. Being like, look at the goodies is like, uh, there's a whole, there's so much fanfare about the goodies. Yeah, and like that's the thing that for that like that kind of stuff is stuff that Overwatch does. And it makes you look at all the other all the other people's glamour shit. Like, like that's why TF2 and Overwatch have been so happy to ruin their entire aesthetic by making 50 costumes per character and shit like that. Is because seeing other people with that shit incentivizes other people to buy it. And it's been proved to work for the last 10 years now. And it just sucks I, more and more money out of people. Yeah. And people have, are so arbitrarily blind about it. Where they're like, all the companies I don't like, it's a giant controversy when they do it. But when Sacred Cow fucking Blizzard does it, no matter how far gone they get, and every year they get worse and worse from where they were 10 years ago, it's like, it's always okay. When like, I mean, they, they used to be I, a company that would just make a really good game, and you bought the game, and you played the game, and many of these games literally had no hooks. You would just play them. So, like, 
Warcraft and Starcraft? Diablo, Starcraft, even Diablo. World of Warcraft did not give you options to take money. That's not true. It's true. No, vanilla can... World of Warcraft allow you to do name changes, realm changes, and... No. They... Yes. No. Yes. There was no realm changes. There was the weird oh. $10 name yeah, change. Yeah, you could do the name launch. change then. That was the one thing you could pay for. That's and, it? And you that... scum? No. <laughs> yes, it is. You scum. You took $10 from people unnecessarily to change the name, which is fucking ridiculous because we all know you can just change a fucking name and it has no impact on anything. It is annoying anything. and ridiculous, but it's like a weird standard feature that people it's have done. It's not a standard on... feature. It's, it's, been an, it's the thing that's in a bunch of different online things where it's supposed to be disincentivization, but it's also, yeah, I do, I do think it's weird and dumb. It's like scummy. But it's also like a thing that's like not even literally a thing that never comes up warcraft diablo and starcraft are the only games that blizzard has ever made that had no transactions whereas like now every time i every time i launch wow and i'm playing with you you and marty and everyone you're all like fucking pimp my ride showing off your 15 (laughs) premium mounts you all spent money on and went to events for and shit like that and it's like uh, i'm just like what the fuck i remember when i would just spend 20 hours grinding rep to get like my nether drake and that was like my one cool you can still do that yeah, but those used that used to be old amounts. Every no, amount was a thing you got from something you did in game. It's not okay. And well, that was it. It's not like there's a fucking plethora of buyable mounts. Yes, there is. I've looked at it. It's not. That, it's <laughs> it's not, a nightmare comparatively to the ones you have to get by like farming <laughs> reputation. Absolutely not. God, I wish every mount was available for purchase and fucking wow. Then I can get the ones I wanted. I don't want to have to grind for half these fucking monstrosities because all of them are like, hey, could you spend like six months playing the game? And I was like, no, ah, I can't. Shit. I don't. I don't have six months to dedicate to grinding. It was the weirdest experience just to be in a room of people that are complaining about like I, the evil Call of Duty coming into their sacred launcher full of pure games. My thing is, are so, uh, they're so nice. My and stance, okay. my stance on loot boxes is always: if it's only for aesthetics, it's completely acceptable. If you put anything else in a loot box that is not aesthetic based, I'm like pre- I'm pretty thoroughly anti loot boxes. I don't. I mean, just in boxes, general, they don't just bother. Period. That's the thing, though. I, if a loot box, all it does is create like, like, oh look, I can make my character look like Santa Claus. I don't fucking care. Whatever, make your character look like Santa Claus. It's gonna make it easier to pick off in a fucking map. For me, the bummer is that all the but, shooters got worse when they added loot boxes. Well, yeah, because then it became a drive to make more money. Like I, I liked it, but not even just that part about the money, but just like. My experience playing shooters got worse when people started having cosmetics. Why? Like, I liked it better when I'd play, like, Halo, and people picked a color, basically. But they also customized their head. They also customized no. their No. Oh, you're talking about, that's, like... That's, that's, that's Reach. That's way later in the franchise. So you're talking about, like, Halo... Okay. okay. I played my most played shooter ever, Halo 2. All right. Or, like, in Turok or whatever, you'd pick, like, a character. And that was what the character looked like. Yeah. And, like, an over, like, Overwatch and TF2, like, all have these nice aesthetics and characters they set up. And then it just goes to shit when every character has 50 variations. Why? And, like, you can't recognize a character at a glance. And, like, it's all a shit show. What? And it just becomes a weird mess. But, like, Perfect Dark did that and allowed you to, custom, like, literally customize your character to be absurdities. Like, you could put, like, Elves' head could, on to an extent, Mr. but also body. recognizing a Perfect Dark character was pointless. Because they all played the same. Well... Halo's the same way. Mm-hmm. Every character plays the same. So why would it matter if they well, all I have? I just gave the example of how not being able to recognize a character instantly is a problem in these class-based shooters. Because like every single character in Overwatch or TF2 is a specific character with specific abilities, and you have to strategize around how to deal with them based on what their behaviors are, what their role is, what their hard counter is, all these other yeah. things. And so making them look like fifty different characters is a problem. No, it's also part of why Overwatch is like not working well as a as a as an esport 
is because it's a shit show to watch because it's just a weird nightmare of cosmetics and nonsense what and you can't see what anything is no yeah no what first of all fuck you no uh i don't i no. you like seriously have no idea how overwatch league works at all overwatch league has very specific skins that are just the default skins for the game you don't get to play with your character skins you don't get to like one of them looks like santa claus they're just the same default characters i baited him into proving me to, right to different I did it what how did i, was, I prove I, you right i was prompting you to say that like overwatch league saying is yourself just, about why the skins are shit no, the skins... The, the skin, like, even the League is like, the skins are shit. No, is the League isn't going to use skins because that's not the point. The point of League is to be a professional. This, Overwatch is a game for funsies. That's you, definitely not why. What? They did not ban the skins because they were like, we need to wear our suits to this game. They all look proper and good. They did it because the skins actively interfere with the way the game plays. No. Yes. <sighs> Argue it out in the comments, because we're literally not going to give yeah, any ground you, here, and I mean, we'll not go anywhere yeah. this conversation. The, the, every character <laughs> is built uniquely enough that you can identify them regardless of the skin they're wearing. That was the entire concept of allowing skins to even exist in the first place, which was an explanation. So many of them are just humans <laughs> that look the same. You don't play Overwatch! You can't really argue this <laughs> method! Like, you know what the characters fucking look TF2 like. I played TF2, and it went through the same shit. TF2! They all look the fucking same! <laughs> like, literally in Overwatch, there's a robot... Who has a fucking... Who can so turn you're saying I'm right for TF2? Yes. TF2 so, is like... So when all I play, the cosmetic bullshit is bad in TF2. Yes. Well, yes on multiple levels. Because TF2's cosmetic is well, built into the Well, they have the thing where they send you keys and make you pay to open yes. them. Which is pretty fucked up. It's, no, it's like, the, the, the system in TF2 is beyond fucked. Because <laughs> it's built into the Steam interface. And the Steam interface is like a capitalistic nightmare machine that keeps rolling. <laughs> and will find a way to somehow o run you over in some way or another. Maybe you can open this loot box if you grind enough card levels. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> it's like, ah, I, no, it, they're mixing. At some point, it's like, there's like there's loot you can only get by owning certain games and getting achievements in those certain games which unlocks a loot but then you can sell that loot for a lot of money which you can use to buy a better loot item mm -hmm. that you can't get because you can't afford the game but you can afford to play this one game you have to get this loot item that you can sell for <laughs> it's nightmarish we've, we've had previous conversations like, about it but like on top, on top of the sheer skill ramp you have to grind up just to be in the ecosystem for these games i would just like them more if i could turn off cosmetics Hmm. But then you have the argument of like, no, you can't let them turn out cosmetics because they need to see my glamour I spent money on and shit like that. No, actually, like other I, people's fashion has to be forced I on don't, me. No, I don't care if other people like, can't. I, I don't want any of anyone's cosmetics. I want. I literally want to just see everyone's I, char default okay. character models. I agree with you. I, I think it's. I think it's acceptable to have a, a system where it and like you know, your. You know why the future's not there? That I guarantee people have asked for for the exact reason I've given, which is that you want to be able to instantly recognize every character because it's literally an advantage. Just like how when I I played Billy, we we played we did a, we had a land party of Counter Strike, mm -hmm. and it was Billy. It was off on his fucking corner with his back facing the wall, so we couldn't see his screen. And everybody else had their screens all kind of. We had the central thing yeah. along walls and shit. And everyone's playing default Counter Strike. And the one time we got to see behind Billy's screen, we realized, oh, he's playing some weird fucked up model where all the walls are like monochrome and everyone's like a and everyone's like a, a chrome ass not not glowing but like everyone's like a perfect cartoon character of just a red man or a blue man and like everyone was super super clean and easy to spot making the game massively easier for him to play yeah and it's like the, the that thing like that's you do remember that billy is colorblind right no he was not playing like colorblind mode uh he was playing heavily well, modded like i know i'm saying he 
it might be easier for him to literally play Counter-Strike, which is a game that has a multitude of colors and no colorblind option, uh, easier when they're just outlined as a solid fucking color. This was not, this was not just, it makes it colorblind accessible. This was like, this would make it easier for any player. Did he say, everyone, did he say you guys can't like, do that? Because everyone was like a glowing, no, he was, because he was, he was clearly like doing it as like a background detail eh. and making it so no one of us knew he did it for the longest I mean, time. I don't. So that he could like destroy but us. Because he was obliterating what? us every round to the point where it wasn't even fun. Because he could just see everything like he was yeah. fucking omniscient. Yeah, I mean, I I think the reason they don't include it in Overwatch is because you can't. No, the reason they don't in, include it in Overwatch no, it's not for money reasons. Yes, no, it is. Are you fucking fuck. naive? Are, no, I'm not. I'm are saying most, that. Like, how, do, you, do you not understand how a ever? fucking online game works? You know how complicatedly asinine it would be to make it so every individual motherfucker in the game could see the game as they want to see it. It's not that complicated. It actually. would be complicated. No. Because what what is it in? The, so you, you say like, I only want to see default. No, no. I want to be able to see everybody in only skins that I want to see them in. So it's easier for me to see. That's all local. That's not server side. Yes, it is. No, it's not. The, the, the cosmetics you're wearing is you can just, server side. You can absolutely make it just show not their costume. No. It's not like the server itself has to load every costume. That's not how it works. It's not that the server's loading every costume. The way it displays each individual character is on your end of things. No, everyone sees the same thing. This is this is the most naive shit. This is not true. <sighs> the entire reason they do it. In any case, it, it the doesn't. Entire do it, the entire reason they do it is for the pimp my ride shit. Okay, fine. That's the whole point. Whatever. You, you I don't need to see everyone I, else's cool shit, so you want to buy it. Uh, yeah, whatever. That's I literally the business model. I guess that's inarguable. That's literally true. Fine. Well, I don't. If it's you like added why they a, do car shows, if you added a feature that allowed it so individual people can turn it off, I wouldn't care. That's yeah. fine. As long and as I'm saying I the can see. They don't do that, which people definitely ask for. Is because they want you to see other people's costumes because you want they need you to want those costumes. Then why would they give you? It's the same reason why they do limited time events where you can only play this one mode for this particular week and it has a costume you'll never be able to get again. What? Because they're they're continuing to suck you into the system. Oh, you mean like there's only certain costumes you get during loot boxes during a certain time of yes. year? Oh, okay. There's which not, there's a, not modes a, you can a, only play. Which, which is a double. Sometimes it is. No. Yeah, it is. No. At least that was true before. No. Yes. No, you would get a loot box for playing that mode, but you would not get a skin for playing that mode. You no, I'm, get... no, I'm saying there was modes that would go away. It still happens. Every mode goes away. It's on a rotation. Yeah. That's, but the, every... that's the double doses. One, they're trying to keep you in the ecosystem of playing the game every any given week by keep giving you a mode you can only play for a limited time. And then they add a loot box to that where there's certain things you can only get cosmetically from loot boxes during that event. So it's a double dose of one you have to be playing during that particular week so they can, you can't deviate away to play other games because they want to keep you in their ecosystem because they mo they monetize keeping you in their system all the time. Okay. And they additionally try to keep more money out of you by making it so it's a limited time loot box you can only get during this event. So if you can't get it from random dumb luck, then the incentive is to spend money on it because then you're like, oh, shit, it's, I only have one more week to get this thing. And like, oh, fuck, it's going to go away. Well, no, there's in-game so people currency. People start spending money. I know there's in-game currency, but if you can't get the loot box thing within the time frame and you keep not getting it, then people start spending money on those loot boxes because now there's an incentive to get it within a specific time frame or you're going to miss out on it but forever. if you're a person who wants those things and you play and the game frequently, why wouldn't you be playing the game enough to generate the free loot boxes which you get every level and every, every week with Arcade? Which is what I do. I have a massive amount of in-game currency. You can get free currency. ones, but the, the, these ones are so rare that you won't get them anyway, even if you open all the loot boxes. You don't, no, 
the and point I'm saying is, why, why would you? Which is why in China they made them show the actual drop chances for everything because of the gambling laws. Which is fine, but the problem this I'm is saying is, ways to if you emotionally manipulate people into gambling more and more and spending more money on the system. But these aren't players. Like that's the point. That's the whole concept of whales. Well, yeah, but the problem I'm saying is like the game has enough avenues where you you literally can get everything you want without spending money. Eventually. Not a, except I mean, when there's special events you can only do this week or you're fucked. That doesn't then happen. The, then the part where I just grind forever and eventually I'll get it three years from now maybe is gone. Why don't you just buy it with the can, in-game currency? Because you can't. That That's that's luck. That's, that's still it, luck. That's not luck. You can luck. run out of in-game currency and people do. Y- yes. I but guarantee y- that, that that's not know, just like every time an event happens you just spam your in-game currency and you got it. It's easy. Especially people that aren't literally playing it all day every day because they like work in in front of their Overwatch it's computer, like which can, is not normal. I mean, sure, like, but I mean, you could play the game for an hour a day, and you'll have enough currency by the time a next event rolls down to buy every skin in that event. I don't, I don't understand how you can't see I, this shit. I it's, don't see. I don't see because this there's is literally enough... all true. Well, yeah, like, but it's there's all provably true. But there's a million. It's not, I'm not even stating opinions here. It's literally a business model that's been. I'm not denying the like, business model. Ironed I'm, down and perfected I'm denying, for ten years. I'm denying the idea because my entire basis of the argument is that there's nothing inherently scummy about Overwatch's loot box system comparatively to other games' loot box systems, which do not operate the same meth- like in the same method. Same and you can definitely find worse things. Like you can look at a pay-to-win phone game and be like, "Look, that this means Overwatch is good." No, but no, that's not, I don't think that's. I'm valid. saying, like, you take for instance, Overwatch versus Rainbow Six, Overwatch versus Call of Duty, Overwatch versus uh, For Honor, For Honor, Overwatch versus it. Overwatch versus literally any other fucking Activision, fucking Ubisoft, EA game that exists out there, you're going to find that Overwatch has a more balanced and fair loot box system comparatively because there's nothing you can get in a loot box that you cannot get or you can get everything in a loot box in game through in game currency and for free yeah without and ever and having it's just to do... a matter of where we draw the lines well and i'm saying if you're and for me i draw the you're... line when you're trying to emotionally manipulate me into spending more money after i already bought the game why are you so susceptible people are provably susceptible yeah and, and that's your fault stop it's being not... uh, it is there are methods in the there are systems in the game to allow you to get it for free and why are and you whether, falling and for whether the... i'm susceptible or not which i'm not by the way because i've never bought a tr- microtransaction okay the fact that the game is functioning as a flashing fucking banner ad for the thing at all times is still a thing i don't like okay it makes the game less enjoyable that's fine the, the fact that game's but... constantly selling stuff to me all the time makes me not want to play the game and that's fine and you don't have to play the seeing game. other players in itself is the banner ad because that's their business model okay i guess i don't i just don't like i don't spend money <laughs> i don't spend money either i don't yeah. do microtransactions yeah. i avoid them like the plague but like that's the thing is like i don't but i, I think it's super hypocritical that but people I can't act do... like magically overwatch is okay i'm not saying that like i'm not saying that loot box like i'm saying that the loot boxes in overwatch are okay because they're not inherently restricted to monetary uh you there are ways to get them without having to pay for them that makes it to me, a far less scummy avenue to take than it would be if you make them only pay to get, which is what it's everyone actually, else does. It's actually another kind of weird, dark form of scummy. Is it? Yeah. How? Because when you give people a limited amount of shitty resource that doesn't generate quite fast enough, they spend that shit and then they don't get what they want, but then they're already in the habit of spending shit, and so they go directly into spending the real shit. This is like super nihilistic outlook when I could just look at it in a positive it's aspect. Not, it's not nihilistic. Are you fucking kidding me? You're telling me that there's no positive not, outcome to a loot box at all. I, 
I mean, more or less, there's not. That's there's nihilistic. Not there are positive outcomes. Having, the thing I'm saying <laughs> is actually true. Okay, it's but not I, like a meta. I'm not talking philosophically. Well, this is actually the way people do so, this. So I'm talking nothing, about operant conditioning. I'm talking about the Skinner box. I'm so talking I can't, about the way people actually, like corporations manipulate people into getting money out of them. So then what? These are all true things. So why am I playing games if I gain nothing from it? Like, if I'm not receiving a reward for the playing, and you don't get that from multiplayer. That's what video games used to always be? But winning in a multiplayer game is not rewarding. You played video games for decades without reward systems being added in. And there's a reason I stopped playing like, all I, the ones like that I'm are of the opinion that Modern Warfare, adding its, like, meta progression system, which started all of this, made shooters worse. What, the leveling up? I liked shooters more before then, and in fact, I played them a lot before then and yeah. pretty much stopped after that yes so did i it used to be like halo 2 you have characters you have maps play a game and you and i played that game for years and i had a great time and i didn't need to level up or unlock a gold uzi or put a santa costume on or get a, a new emote or a funny new cartoon character pose or like make my bullets blue i and think i didn't need to be paraded out the treasure chests Every episode, every time I play a thing, I didn't need to beat a level and every time, every time I beat a level, have an experience bar fill up, then another other kind of thing go up and then also a currency thing and then a chest that opens up for random prizes of who knows what's going to be this time. And oh shit, there's a legendary beam of this time that in which conditions you to both play more and pay more. And it just keeps making you loop and loop like I didn't need incentive. I just liked Halo 2 and it was a lot of fun. And so I played it every day and it gave me no incentive to keep playing it. And I just loved it. And it was just fun because I played the game and the game was fun. See, I guess I had the different mentality. I only played those games because my friends did. But the moment they stopped, I hated them. I hate playing Halo by myself multiplayer. I will ne I would never do it alone. That's the most depressing shit. I don't like <laughs> I don't like shooters. I hate playing shooters alone. But you know what made me like doing it was I like oh, getting the loot no. boxes. I like getting the <laughs> no. levels up. But it made it more fun. Oh, no. Because it's the reason why I like, like, when I play WoW, I hate playing WoW with other people. But oh. I like the fact that I get rewarded for playing by myself by being able to, like, do things. Like, I can just buy them out and have it's fun looking at the most depressing shit to be literally like, I don't like this game. But if they add a thing where it goes ding and a number goes up every now and then, then I like the thing. Yeah. Oh, no. I mean, I don't have to pay money for that, oh, so I don't no. care. It's just an it's just a feature. It's just like, okay, fine. That should yeah, be where ding. the fun comes from, though, at all. But, no, I'm saying the, it's not fun to play alone. I don't get satisfaction from winning or losing in a match. There's nothing inherently great to me That's about it. That's what the game is. Yeah, and guess what? Oh, I can no. I can win and lose in life all the time. And guess what? It doesn't get any more interesting. Like, I, it, <laughs> I, it does, like, I, I win and lose every day of my fucking oh, life. My and God. I don't care if I win or lose a fucking Halo match. Why does that matter? it's i generally i whenever i lose you in a just, multiplayer match you it's, just you just did the thing where you like rip off your face and it's just like i'm the reptile underneath and like i was the villain all along i don't like I don't you get like it. you just you had the option like you had the video game disc and the skinner's box like on a table together and you like push the disc off the table and you're like yes i mean <laughs> this is what i'm here for it's just it, because it and, makes... like, and like when it's all bare bones revealed to you and you're aware of it you still in, like nor instead of the revulsion people normally have you're like this is all I've ever wanted. Yeah, I mean... Unlimited power. Well, because, no one, because the thing is, is that no one fucking plays multi... Like, I have almost <laughs> no one to play games like Overwatch or 
like <laughs> mo- like multiplayer shooters i basically have no one to play those games with playing by myself is literally worthless to me why would i ever do it it's fucking boring <laughs> but that's why i don't but like playing but don't. that's the if thing i don't like a game i just don't play it yeah but i want and to no amount of being like ding like i didn't i didn't get like hooked in like when we played uh realm royale and like it said i was a silver four or whatever i didn't go like oh shit now i gotta keep going I got to become a silver five and I got to become a gold one or whatever the next thing is. Yeah, I guess. I was just playing the video game. I mean, the fact, ranks... I didn't even notice the ranks existed until you guys were like complaining they were changing. Yeah. And I was like, oh, there's a rank? Huh. I was playing the Battle Royale game that's the same round every time and doesn't affect it by any of this anyway. Yeah, I don't. I mean, the rank doesn't make Battle Royale more fun for me. Playing with people does. Mm-hmm. But like Overwatch is different because Overwatch I wanted to play because I liked the aesthetic. I liked how the characters looked. I like everything about it. Minus the fact that I had fucking, I was forced to play multiplayer, which is not, it doesn't, it's not enjoyable for me. So the only way to make it enjoyable is if I'm working at something while playing it, which feels like it's a single player game. I'm working to gain my level, to gain boxes. I feel like I'm doing something and it's something I can do by myself. I don't need other people to help me loot or like farm for boxes because I can do it all on my own just fine. But the moment I don't, I don't play Overwatch the moment I run out of my weeklies and I run out of like... Like, the moment I get all the loot boxes for free for the week from Arcade, I don't have a reason to play. So you'd be like one of the Hearthstone players where you got your dailies, and then you'd be like, this game is not worth this to me. Yes. All right. Well, I mean, we did it, Andrew. We we did it. We accomplished our original goal of sit and discuss. Which is playing from 2011, which was to have like a debate channel. Okay, I mean, we had, we had like one fine. of our. This is like our most real debate we've ever. Had. It, the thing is, like, so it, it's yeah. At the end, about of the, two hours, right? Yeah. Oh shit, we're way over. Yep. Uh, hey everybody, goodbye. Thanks for watching. Send your questions in. We'll get to more of them probably. Uh, stop asking us about games we don't care about. <laughs> Even though we still talked about it for half an hour anyway. Well, no, we talked about Overwatch for uh, half an hour. Send well, yeah, we 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 got we got some more miles out of Call of Duty than I meant to though. Uh, send your questions in and so on. See you guys next time. Argue about the shit we said in the descri- in the comments, and you can fight it out for hours on end. Hooray! No, I shadow. You Tell wanna... us which company is the true Satan and whatnot. Tell us who won this epic rapid battle of history. <laughs> which is <laughs> channel's dead now. It's been gone for like two years. It's not dead. I just checked in one day. I was like, oh, it's gone. No, they're just busy Why? with other stuff. That's what people say when the thing dies. <laughs> Bye. That's where your pet went. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Epic rap battles went to the farm.